0: Now, don't
1: I? This is the Black Rifle Coffee Podcast. Prepare to get caffeinated.
0: All right. Welcome to the Black Rifle Coffee Podcast. Thanks a lot, fellas. I appreciate you being here. It's yeah, been man. a couple months in the fucking planning on this thing. Uh, we had a good day yesterday. Oh yes, it was. We awesome. had a good day. That was fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, so I guess we're just like three Green Berets sitting around a table. Yeah, like talking Green Beret stuff. Yeah, right. Yep, absolutely. What do Green Berets really talk about? I mean, besides wow. talk shit about each other yeah. and how that guy should have got that <laughs> Halo slot and yeah. like he's a shitbag.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, or war stories. Uh, mm. yeah, yeah, or you know? or how you uh, are a cheater. When yeah. it comes to competition.
0: Well, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. I learned that back in 95. Uh, right. You know?
2: So in all honesty with, uh, with ping pong, though, you had a, an entirely another level, right? That you turned on at the end.
0: I got another gear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: stand back in a little bit. Uh, I got
2: another gear. All of a sudden, the ball started like… Once, you, once I won the second. All of a sudden, the ball started really curving and fading in weird directions. I was like, that's… <laughs> He was putting that little English on it, going
0: around. Well, you don't want to make it. It's like, it's like playing chess with my daughter.
2: Oh wow, right? wow! <laughs> you don't. You don't want so to. So I'm take, the daughter in the situation. You,
0: yeah. Okay. You don't want to take. You, know, you don't want to go to checkmate too early because yeah. then it just ruins the game for everybody. You got
1: to build suspense, man. It's yeah. a story.
0: You got to build suspense.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? It was a a tragic tale. Yeah, real quick. tragic. Real tale. Quick.
0: Rock paper scissors. Man. Okay, three or just one time. All right, best out of three. All right, best out of three. Okay. <laughs> All right, you're calling. All right, I'll judge. This drudge. is okay. this is a competition. So if right. I win, right. I fucking okay. win one. Okay. Let's hit it.
1: Okay. All
2: right.
1: One, one, two, one two, three. Wait. Oh, one, three. Hey, look, look. We got two, got nice? Rock paper scissors. Shoot. shoot. Okay. Rock okay.
2: paper scissors. Shoot. Right. Got it. Rock paper scissors shoot. Rock paper scissors shoot. Don't oh. Remember. Rock paper scissors shoot. Rock paper scissors shoot. Oh. Rock paper scissors shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Woo! That's what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. That's three for three. Oh. I can't win shit to You'll save my there. life. You'll get there. Oh man. Like even <laughs> I got I like age no wisdom <laughs>
0: on you. Like no
2: skill. Luck. And why were you looking me in the eyes like that? It was like mad intimidating. He's getting inside of you. It was like, no. He didn't break <laughs> eye contact the entire time. <laughs>
0: I have, um, yeah, I have a problem, which is like, um, I'm hyper competitive, which is a lot of people can say that's a problem. (laughs) I think it's just normal behavior. (laughs) My wife would say, you have like a serious fucking psychological issue, right? Because like, and this is one of the reasons why I can't even go to CrossFit anymore, because like I'm trying to everybody. fucking smash people, and I'm just not fit enough to do that. So what I end up doing is just like injuring myself, right. you know. Yeah, nearly dying. Or yelling at the old lady in the corner, like you fucking suck. <laughs> oh, you're in a wheelchair. <laughs> oh, me? Can't do a burpee. Fuck off, you know.
2: I think you know that's what I mean? a that's a Green Beret thing. I think any any time <laughs> you get us in a room, because that's what that's it, the team room life. It's is competing at everything, oh, yeah. but that's everything. what makes us. It makes us better. Yeah. Like shooting. Okay, you can shoot too. I'll give you that. I didn't want to have to say that because I'm a Bravo and you're right. an actor. Former,
0: former comms guy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, but you know how Who to throw some lead.
0: I was a Charlie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was making that joke about yeah. you needing help with the business <laughs> yesterday. So you're good at building shitters. Like he has, he's, he had a job. A of, yeah. You had a job. That's yeah. Cool. I do a little woodwork now too. Um, so where were you guys at? You guys were in 10th group?
2: No, no, you I were first. I was
0: first. Group. I was first, first yeah. yeah, and you guys
2: met where at? Q course, in the, yeah,
0: in the Q course. Yeah. What year did you guys go to the Q course?
2: 2015. We're in right. We graduated. No, no we graduated 15.
1: So 2013. I think I met you in 13. 13. Yeah. in 13. Yeah. yeah, at the very beginning of the wow. Q course. Okay.
0: Yeah. What was it like? So when I went through, which I went through SFAS in. 98. Gosh, damn. Okay. Hell yeah. Okay. I was, I was <laughs> a, <laughs> I was a freshman <laughs> in high school. I'm <laughs> old, dog. Yeah. And so it was 24 days. <clears throat> so selection was 24 days. And once you got selected, you'd go on into the Q course, and then you'd go to like phase one, two, and three, right? Mm-hmm. So phase one was field phase. Phase two was MOS. Phase three was Robin
1: Sage. And then you went to language school. Completely Same different. Same Nope. Okay. Not at all. Oh, so so <laughs> yeah. tell me how so, it was for you guys. When I went to selection, I went in January of 2013. Um, it was 21 days. And then after that, obviously, I wasn't airborne. So right. I was prior service. I was a medic and a uh, first ID. Okay. So I went back to Fort Riley. Um, and then I went to airborne school and then PCS to brag for the Q course. And back then we did, um, first you did like, what was it? Well, for me, I, I was a specialist. I had to go to CLT, which is combat leaders yeah. course, something like that. Yeah. And uh, so people that were coming in as an E5, like Sean did, he didn't have to do that. Um, right. but yeah, it was just basically learning how to be an NCO straight out the gate. And then like our phase one was IUW, where we went and we were Gs for guys that were going through Robin Sage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that interesting. Cool. And so, that, so your that phase cool. one was you were G's. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty cool to kind of see like what the end state looks like. And right. to see them putting all their training together. Yeah. Well, that was pretty sweet. And the, him and I were actually G's on the same lane, which is. yeah. yeah. And then the,
2: one of the, the guys graduating
1: ended up being in my company.
2: And then he ended up, he was like, he was a stud in Sage. You know, you just look at him you like, something special about this dude. Mm-hmm. And then and he's we, touched. Yeah. Like, no, like the <laughs> opposite side. Like like, special. Yeah, like he's. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, solid. Not just a specialist. he squared yeah. away. Yeah. I remember that guy. And, uh. And then, yeah, right? Like, we're like, this guy's, he's good. And then he goes to the team, goes to a dive team, crushes dive school, and then goes to selection, and then goes keg. It's like, yeah. some people are just destined to fucking... but It's crazy that you could see that early on. And, oh, the, yeah. and just in the way that you treat... So it's in the way that he treats Gs, who technically in Robin Sage, I mean, you're the big dick on campus. Mm-hmm. And then the G, you haven't even started yet. Yeah. So you're the bottom of the totem pool. So how, how do you act as the big dude on campus. How do you treat the people that are like basically at the bottom?
1: Mm -hmm. Who most likely won't even make it to that point. Yeah. Right.
2: So So you could, you could, you know, big dick them or you could treat them with respect. And, you know, so I think learn a lot lot about people in that, you know, section.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Training.
1: is pretty cool.
0: And it's interesting because you guys went from, what'd you call it? IUW?
1: IUW. Introduction to... Uh, Unconventional warfare. warfare. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then you go from there to what? What
1: was it? Was, was it SUT next?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you do land nav. Right. So, all the gates. Yeah. Uh, ruck and all that. Mm-hmm. ETSS, land nav. Land nav again. And then SUT.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: SUT was… That's been shortened now, but it was like… I think it was eight weeks eight for weeks us. Eight weeks for us, yeah. And SUT, I mean… You guys it's small unit tactics, aren't
0: you? Yeah, it was eight weeks. So, phase one was SUT. Yeah. Okay. So, we went from SFAS to… Phase one, which was SUT. It mm-hmm. was great. But it's super. I think they shortened it quite a bit. I think they went down yeah. like four weeks or something. Yeah, yeah. it was
2: Because really like, uh, yeah. in SUT, it was, our class was freezing. Oh, so class. We had like, they, they called it Arctic Blast on the news and shit. And we were watching like E6s who have been in the Army for a long time. You know, they've been deployed. And I remember one E6 was coming out. He goes into formation and he was leader like head lead of the formation at the time. Right. And he's like, hey guys, I got I forgot something inside. I'll be right back.
1: Oh, that hey, shit. And then it, he man. quit and then he oh, never he came never back came out. Back...
2: So then you take his ruck and you know, you got to cross load. You're not losing oh, all yeah. that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now he's got a 90 pound ruck that oh, we're yeah.
1: cross distributing to everybody. Yeah. And I'm like, you just screwed us, dude. And like We all wound up with like a hundred plus pound rucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Miserable. I remember, because that day it was also raining. and We're standing out there. It was like, mid thirties, something it like that raining. and raining and we're on a five day mission at that point. or some yeah. three or five day mission. Right. He walked out, said, Nope. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <We're> not <laughs> going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so we're like,
2: all right, so because you got weak in that moment, now you right. just made it harder for everybody else. I mean, we're yep. dreading it too. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. No. So then it went, so SUT and then from there was MOS.
1: MOS yep. Yeah. MOS. No, too. SUT then SEER. Oh,
0: okay. oh you went to Sear after yeah. S-U-T? Oh, yeah. yeah also in the
1: wintertime. Interesting, yeah. yeah. Miserable. Yeah. What did you guys do,
0: Sear? Uh, we did it after language school. It was like oh, the last
1: it was, we like, were done. It was like the last thing you did. We did Sage, then language? Mm. Okay.
0: Angli- or Sear was like the last thing you had to do. It
1: was fucking wild.
0: Yeah. And it was like… Dude's like quitting in Seer school, and it's just fucking that sucks. Hilarious. He made it
1: so far. I mean, Seer,
0: Seer sucked anyways. It wasn't I mean. bad. We had a guy
2: disappear for like three days and then, or two days, and then came back. And he was like still in the course. He still graduated. I was Did like, you Seer class? Yeah. <laughs> That's epic. Yeah. What the fuck was he doing? I love that guy. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> Yeah, like, he's was just like like
0: yeah <laughs> I'm fucking evading, bro. Yeah. I'm a good evader. Yeah, you know? I right. like, <laughs> <I'm> fucking <laughs> rolled out. <laughs> I, I went up to him, out, I was like, Where'd you go,
2: yeah, dude? And he's like, Can't tell you. I was cool. told not okay. to tell you. Okay. And I was like, bullshit, dude. Where the fuck did you go? Because all of a sudden, he was just back. I tried to escape once. Like, I went around yeah. And I was like, I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. And I got caught. <laughs> <laughs> and it made everything worse for everybody. When yeah. I got caught. Because for a while, I was, I was like, maybe you actually can get the fuck out of here.
0: No. It's no, like, you it's you not can. set up it's like that you way. Won. You won. Seriously. Yeah. yeah that. that would be awesome, though. It's like, you yeah. actually get to escape for yeah. real. Pretty sure, you know. they'd bring you right, right back, yeah. But if you could like hide out somewhere, yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I was yeah, up in like, a hole until,
2: until I saw you guys all celebrating. And I'm like, hey,
0: guys, remember me? Yeah, <laughs> then you come back in, <laughs> come back in when they're raising the flag, yeah. and you're like, oh, shit, I'm uh, getting fat. I got this yeah. peanut butter, got a bunch of peanut butter packets, yeah. I'm it's great. The party, I'm to show up for mealtimes, yeah, get some of those rice and oh, sardines, that. yeah.
1: This stuff is good, man. Rice and smoke flavored water,
0: yeah. That's I, um. I went through SEER school with this guy who was, ended up being the commander and um, he was, he, he ended up being the commander of SEER and uh, I think it was like Swick at that time. And he was like the biggest shit bag I'd ever been around. Oh, nice. It was awesome. Like, <laughs> cause we, we, when we went through the course, all the echoes got together. We had this guy that we that we had peered out. All this, you know, you did your peer gates and we we'd peered this dude out. Nobody wanted this guy in SF. Like he was a fucking asshole. Mm. Like when the guy was just a straight asshole piece of shit. But academically he was passing, but nobody wanted to be around this guy. So we signed this petition. Every echo, and we had something like 28 echoes in the class. It was a big echo class. We signed this petition. Every dude. 27... I mean, quite literally, I'm surprised he didn't sign himself out, to be, be honest you. with you. Which is not So 27 guys way. were like, hey, this guy's a shitbag, and, and we peered him, yeah. and you please drop him. So this dude uh, brings the entire class in and puts us in formation and keeps us in formation at parade rest for like three hours out in the North Carolina fucking sun. And he finally comes down, and he's, he's like... When I got into SF, it was nothing but a bunch of fucking shitbag heroin addicts. It's like I have turned this place. Like he, he made it sound like he single-handedly yeah. turned yeah. SF around, right? And he's like, "This isn't a fucking democracy," and we're like, "That's what the but, piece but why?" <laughs> and, and and he's like, because everybody understand? Everybody fucking clear on that, you know?" And he's like, "Big fucking badass, tough guy, <laughs> lieutenant colonel," and it's like, if you would have yelled at that dude he would have crumbled like a fucking piece of wet paper. Like, yeah. he was just like that guy, right? And I was like, has anybody got any questions, you know? And I was like, ah, I don't give a fuck. At this point, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to go to Bud's. Like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> this is fucking stupid. Like, this is just like dumb as fuck. And I was like, well, why do you have the peer? Like, if it doesn't work, and mm-hmm. why even have it? It's, it's a legitimate question, sir. Mm-hmm. Like, does anybody have a questions?" like, it's fucking shitbags like you <laughs> that are asking questions. And I was like, all right, cool, man. Like, I'm done. So I ended up going to seer school with this dude. So because he was taken over as the commander, and we Ooh. ended up going to seer school together. Mm. Come to find out, he's a fucking idiot. Like, a, just a fucking <laughs> full-on idiot. So, of course, of course, the idiot that didn't believe in peer reviews Goes to Sears School with me, and I see yeah. just how fucking stupid this dude was, and I forget his name. I think it was like Mars or something. I think I told the story on a couple of podcasts, but it was awesome because you got to see just how stupid people were yeah. in Sears School, and it was like I loved it because you could see people in their their, their best sleep-deprived moments. Yeah, it was doing yeah. like the dumbest shit. Yeah. You are like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh man, like if we if we could film that shit, mm-hmm. yeah. For a reality show, yeah, oh, dude, smash. that would be the best yep. fucking reality show ever.
2: People we would watch We that could shit. probably we, at some point it would be really fun just to replicate sleep deprivation and get a bunch of dudes just like giving them menial, you know, tasks. Yeah, tired as fuck, like you haven't yeah. slept in two days, I and mean, just watch them f- like <laughs> fuck around, messing it up. Yeah, I went like SUT. We were doing um Recox on ambushes for twenty four hours straight, and then. uh, one of the guys was sitting on the second bunk and he kept, the whole bay was sitting around watching him and he kept falling asleep and doing, and then we're like, ah, and then he would go back (laughs) and then he would be, wake up and then he'd fall back asleep and then start going. We're like, oh, he's going to get, he's going to fall. It was like, Everybody's watching this yeah. guy take a header from the second bar. <laughs> <laughs> was yeah, betting on it. Yeah, <laughs> we were all just like okay with the fact that he was going to face dive and in, into the concrete. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's entertainment at that it was, point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it really you, is. Your your sacrifice is keeping the rest of us awake, so we accepted a little the loss.
0: <laughs> so, did you guys ever hallucinate
1: For based sure. on your sleep deprivation? Yeah, no. I know no. I did in that. In our school, there's this one room it was like a holding room. I mm-hmm. guess when the cadre were resetting, they would shove everybody in this one room. And I remember like this was like towards the end of it at that point, And we're all there and like we're all it was almost standing room only. And I'm just like falling asleep on on my feet. And I remember at one of my like micro dreams. I remember I looked and there was a an end table with a lamp on it next to me. And I was like, oh, I'll just support myself on that. And I go (laughs) with my hand on it and obviously not there and just eat shit right on the floor. And immediately I'm like, oh, I'm such a dumbass. Like, (laughs) There's no end tables in here. Uh, But yeah, like shit like that or just like seeing things off in the distance at night, your eyes will like play tricks on you. We were walking through the woods one time and I thought I saw an outline of some sort of factory with smoke coming out of it. And it was just like, clearly I'm in the woods in North Carolina. There's no factories there. But I'm just, my eyes are playing tricks on me. Right. It's just like the ghetto happens. boys rap song. <laughs> yeah, right. Mine's exactly. playing
2: tricks on me. Yeah, I, I did have a moment in Sears where I thought, I thought the the cadre that was, like, I thought she was trying to get me out
0: of it. Did you say she? Yeah. Hold on. What you had a female SF cadre? No, 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 no Oh, no, no, no. at Sears school. Gotcha. Yeah, at Sears okay. school. Okay. yeah.
2: So like, I thought the the female, she was like like kissing me and stuff. Really? Yeah. Can we say that? The
0: female was? Yeah, we can say whatever the fuck
1: we want. Okay. Dude, I had a huge black guy kissing me. <laughs> <laughs> For real? Yeah, like on, like, well, he was like in my ear. Yeah, and, like, yeah, saying, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's so weird. And like yeah. rubbing yeah. up and down and like yeah. rubbing my nipples because mm. my shirt was all torn. <laughs> yeah. And you're over here with <laughs> yeah, a chick. I had a chick.
2: And then I was like, and so she starts whispering. She's like, they only know what you tell them." And I was like, what? She trying to like get me the fuck out of here? And I, like, we're at towards the end, so I'm fucking out of it. So I was like, oh my God, my adrenaline started pumping. I was like, I have the key. I have to get all the guys on board. Like I need to get them to know that we have an in in here and we can get the fuck out. And so she's like, she's like, stop saying shit. Uh, stop saying anything. And, and she just kept whispering shit like that in my ear. And then so they finally like let me out and they take me back where everyone's sleeping. And I go inside and they're all sleeping on the concrete. And it was like freezing, but uh, so I started waking them up. I was like, guys, guys. (laughs) Get up, get up, everybody. And they're like, get up, everybody. And you know, this is like, like, this is their moment to just finally get two seconds of sleep. And then I'm in there like, guys, wake up, wake up. And then the guy wakes up, he goes, what, dude? And I was like, we're going to get the fuck out of here. And he goes, how? And I was like, the girl in that she was doing the interrogation, she told me they only know what i tell him and he's like okay and i was like fuck i got nothing and he's like leave me the fuck alone <laughs> <laughs> and then it hit me that like nothing had happened like i nothing. was like my mind just completely fucked me <laughs> That's i was like, Aw, awesome. shit
0: it's perfect
2: yeah so yeah. i did have moments like that but
0: never you never saw anything you never had i didn't see
2: anything no what about you
0: oh yeah yeah i mean we is in SUT, we didn't sleep. Sear school, we didn't sleep. But I remember very acutely in the rocks, because when you're, when you're out at the, you know, whatever the, what is it called? The RTL? Yeah. Yeah. yeah at the RTL, you got a bunch of rocks and you're raking them. Mm. And um, I remember grass growing up through the rocks and I was like trying to rake the grass it was like there's no fucking grass. I'm just kept on raking this grass and it's growing up and I was like, "Man, what the fuck?" And it's so funny because your mind your your mind is trying your 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 brain is trying to shut down and go mm-hmm. to sleep. And so you're in a dream state. Let's say mm-hmm. other people like people don't understand like the sleep deprivation, your mind is shutting down while you're awake, yeah. putting you in a dream state because Oh, that's a trip. It's it's exactly that. It's, it's just like hallucinogenics. Mm -hmm. So you can see things and you know you're awake, but your brain is putting you to sleep and it just fucks with your brain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I've had that multiple times where you're like, like driving on a, you know, driving in the middle of fucking nowhere. You've been Mm -hmm. up for fucking three days and you're like, is that real? Like you're saying like the factory off in the distance, like, I remember seeing these like what I thought were tornado or um, World War II fighter bombers coming up over <laughs> mm. the horizon in the desert, and I was like, "Whoa, they have fucking prop planes!" And I was like, "Are those ours?" And then it was like, "No, that there's no planes. There's nothing going on." And I was like, "Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, got it. I'm fucking hallucinating. I'm hallucinating. Yeah." Um, but I, I liked it. Yeah, I feel well, like this is I, fucking I feel like badass. A yeah. Yeah. Like
2: just having that experience, and then like looking back on it later, being like, "Oh, that was a trip."
0: Well, I think it fucks. I think it really fucks with your brain. I think the long-term damage from sleep deprivation. I mean, that science would actually probably back me up on this too, which is like, guys like us now in our in our older age, because we've. Uh, been through so much sleep deprivation, we could be more susceptible to things like, uh, you know, Parkinson's and some of those other things that are actual brain issues, Alzheimer's. Because your your brain starts to shut down and then it starts to, and I don't know the exact science behind it. I mean, quite literally. I'm, it was coffee for a living. I, kind of, <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm
2: saying. But you you I, don't get that credit, right? You can't just, you can't just say that. As Evan A. For you can't just say like, this guys, I'm, I make coffee and like, Can you stop putting everything I say?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm used to it now. People are like, well, Evan said. said. said, (laughs) You know, he doesn't like elk meat anymore. So I'm just going to fucking shift out of my all elk meat Joe Rogan diet where all I do is drink on it and fucking eat elk meat. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) it's insanity. Hey, what'd you guys think? You guys had elk for the first time yeah. yesterday. So, so what'd you think?
2: It was so good. Yeah. It was awesome. I've been wanting to to start hunting because like the same thing you guys talking about was like, listen, we need, there's a better way to do this than just going to the grocery store and supporting like just genocide for these poor animals. So yeah. it's like hunting is the, uh, the, clearly the way to go, but you need to be like supported <laughs> through that process. Right. You can't just, right. you can't just wake up and be like, I'm going to be a hunter today. Like, okay, where are you yeah. going to go? What are you going to hunt? Yeah. What are you going to hunt with? And then you're probably going to end up breaking the law because you don't know <laughs> what the fuck <heck> you're doing. <laughs> it's a like, good point. I had a, one of my teammates, um, they had crossed like a line by feet, is, according to them, on someone else's property. Right. Over in Carson or, you know, in Tenth Group. And uh, they were like in trouble. I guess oh, they, yeah. got, they got they so- they got got uh, cited. Yeah. The owner of the property was like wanting to do a lawsuit against them or something. Oh, yeah. Like Yeah. They flipped. Did they killed something over the line. So they're they're claiming they didn't. Right. They said they didn't. The the amount of stress that they had mm-hmm. uh, indicated that something probably more happened than just walking on the property. Right. But they were not going to tell anybody about it.
0: Mm, and
2: interesting. They were super stressed.
0: I would imagine because criminal trespass with a firearm is a legit thing because that's what you use when people are are meaning you direct harm. Mm -hmm. So if you're hunting and you, you know, the the property owner would have a legitimate case. Like, this person came on my property with a gun. Most times, if a person comes on your property with a firearm, you and kill them. (laughs) I'm thinking. Yeah. Once again, I'm a coffee roaster. (laughs) I'm not a a lawyer. My dog's name is Dr. Beans, but he is not a doctor, just so everybody understands. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I mean, (laughs) I've known guys like, I've known guys that have had that exact thing happen to them. A dude that I was uh, NSF with, when he was like 16, Mm. he jumped over a fence, and... Didn't know he was trespassing, had a fucking shotgun with him, and the landowner rolled him up, pressed charges Oof. and I mean it took him years to get that cleared off his record, yeah. and he was like, third I was just hunting, and I literally jumped the fence. I didn't see the no trespassing sign. The guy prosecuted him on like third degree crazy yeah. like yeah some you know criminal intent, you know like i he, like, basically prosecuted him as if he was coming onto his property to fucking shoot him in the face right. with a shotgun right. or something. He's like, I was just hunting doves. Yeah. Uh, fucking didn't see any signs, but yeah. that's the way it worked.
2: Yeah, so that's, that's scary, but that's how I want to avoid that. But yeah. Why? Say- <laughs> 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 like what's, what's wrong with a little jail time nowadays? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the alchemy was amazing. Your place is incredible. Well, like that is, that's one heck of a setup. I think the most yeah. surprising thing was how like everyone that works in there is like within arm's reach of toys. Oh yeah. 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 Like yeah. Every, there's there's it's not like a very serious I like, like go to work and focus kind of place. The Nerf guns and all that. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's
1: like the art and fire. That was pretty cool.
2: They're like manufacturing Nerf guns, like badass ones. Mm-hmm. You have an archery set up. You're giving bows to guys after to employees after two years. Is that a year? The, the yeah. year?
0: Like, yeah, is it a year, a year or two? Two yeah. years. Okay, so two years.
2: Yeah, I, yeah. I extended it out, but it's. Um, and they're not. We're not talking about like
0: crappy bumboes. These are like amazing. Yeah. The PSEs. Yeah, they're new. Like the new PSEs, and we do a uh, custom color. So it's brown, coffee. Yeah, coffee mm-hmm. color, and then we team up with uh John Dudley from Knock On, and then they dial them in. That's sick. That's um, cool. It's just, it's part of that culture, right? It's, it's, you, every, everybody has the ability to work really hard, but you don't need to work in a hard environment, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's this environment where, where, and I I, I equate it to, you know, on military bases, all the fucking buildings are the same. It's all like Mm -hmm. that red brick and they're, you know, like the... The sign out front is like US Special Operations Command Facility or whatever. It's always like a facility. It's always the same font. It's always the same brick. Everything's the fucking same, right? And it's like, there's no art. There's no creativity. There's like nothing. It's a government facility. It's a perfect example of what uh, socialism would be because everything's Mm -hmm. the same. Everything's equal. Like you can't differentiate between you know, the, the, the guys that are turning wrenches and the guys that are like shooting people in the face under MVGs, the same, same shit, mm-hmm. right? It's like, there's like same sign, everything's the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and on our, with our facility, it's like, Hey, art and creativity really do matter. And then how you develop your culture and your, what I call it is the ecosystem in the company. It really matters. I want people to be fired up, come into work participate in socialization as well. Mm-hmm. Um, except for Colin, my job is to beat him down, but um, <laughs> I want them to participate in the culture, in the community of a company. Right now you have, everybody wants to work remotely. Everybody wants to like, mm-hmm. I want to work from the sanctuary of my fucking house behind my computer and I want to like, you know, I want to be able to like go naked uh, except for the VTC and just wear a tie mm-hmm. and the, yeah, but that kind of sucks, man. That means mm-hmm. you don't want to be social as you, you don't want to be social in the work environment. And we should be working, I think, as people that own companies, you should be working to create environments where people want to be yeah, social. For sure. And they should want to come to work because if you want to come to work and be social and work on a team, like the best team environment is in the flesh. Yeah. We can talk, we can yeah. work through problems, we can fucking solve shit. And I see this as COVID has changed the way people work and communicate. And then it's defaulting to I'm going to sit at home with my fucking two cats and, you know, the empty refrigerator. And sometimes, that, you know, granted, like a lot of people have great homes. I'm not saying that. But I'm like, yeah. as the, as, a, as, a, as a company that has 50% veterans, I'm like, my job is to get people in socialization. Yeah. Like get them in and working on his team, get them like, Working in in a creative space where they got lots of fucking art, lots of cool shit, lots of toys, lots of bows, lots of stuff like, Mm -hmm. you know, flying through the air, like axes and, you know, arrows and bullets or whatever.
2: Um, Well, I think people don't understand that. And I certainly didn't. Was it like you say things like 50% veterans and it's like, that sounds great. But then you go to the building and you see that it's a legitimate environment where veterans could be veterans. And I think that's, that was like unreal to see yesterday. Cause it's like, this isn't just hiring a veteran to do some job. Like this is creating an environment for a veteran to transition, to be himself, to, or herself and to be comfortable. And, only, and male,
0: only male veterans. <laughs>
2: Sorry. You know, so that was cool. And then just the, the amount of stories and I'm not trying to like, make this all about. The, but it, it was just cool to me because we are in a position where, you know, as the FNG Academy, where we're trying to learn as much as we can. At, like, how you did what you did, how you've grown this to become what it is. And I think there's so much inspiration there for people, for veterans. It's like, stop, take the blinders off. And I was talking about, mm-hmm. what's the knife maker that you pulled? Oh, Lucas. Lucas. Yeah, Sorry, Grizzly Forge. Names. So Grizzly Forge, Lucas, uh, He his lights were getting shut off. And he couldn't pay, like, he was so behind, two months behind a mortgage. And then you are just like, hey, I'm going to give you a shop, come set it up here, paid for everything. Like, you changed that guy's life, right? And like, there's so many stories like that. And But as a newer company, we're trying to look at how that process, you know, and take inspiration and learn. Mm-hmm. Because, man, how, how could we take F&G Academy and then to the point where, We have fifty percent veterans, Mm -hmm. and we're doing that for people. That's an amazing accomplishment. But it 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 seems to me that people would rather just be like, "Oh, Evan, he's he's in he's in this elitist group now." So we just disregard everything from the start up until getting Mm -hmm. to that point. And so, like, once you hit a certain level of success,
0: yeah, I don't know. I I, people say that
2: no, but I don't think so. I think about not about Evan. I think about successful
0: people. Oh, yeah. I think that's the, like that's the double edged sword of success, right? Which is like you work your ass off, you you know, success is it's like hard work and sacrifice, uh, you know, multiplied by a little bit of luck, right? But it's like it's capitalizing on a lot of hard work given the correct opportunity. There's a lot of things that go into that, and a lot of people can say, you know, I'm successful, or the company's been successful. Uh, they they can say that from the outsider's perspective, but they actually clearly can't define what success means. I know what success means. It has fucking nothing to do with uh, um, how much of my individual worth is necessarily. It's what type of legacy I can create for the people that work here, what type of legacy I can create for veterans. And I was explaining this to somebody the other day. I was like... <clears throat> I've already been able to make more money than literally both sides of my my family. From my mother's side, my dad's side, all the way back to fish. Like, I don't give a fuck about it. Like, what I care about is what kind of cool shit can we do Mm. and what type of Mm -hmm. a lasting impact can we do? So people always say, well, more money, more problems. Like, there's it's like all these stupid little buzzwords. A lot of these fucking words... And a lot of like success, and especially that I would say, people that that like to talk shit. What it is is, they're so consumed with their own failure, Mm -hmm. versus being consumed with defining success for themselves. Mm -hmm. So they want to look over at you know Matt or somebody I don't know whomever. Like we, we we hear it all the time. Like I've heard it about guys that are doing nothing but providing inspiration mm-hmm. for the community. That's all they're doing. They're telling people, hey, go out and be fucking hard. Like, suck it up. Be a better man. There's nothing wrong with that message. Right. right? Mm-hmm. There's fucking nothing wrong with that. Or, you know, fuck that guy. He wrote a book. He's using his background as an SF guy or a Navy SEAL mm-hmm. to make money. i like, yeah, they're out, dummy. Like that's yeah. what that's what you do. Like you're not doing it while you're in. You're not on active duty. If you want to be a quiet professional, be a quiet professional. Once you're out, you got to feed your fucking family.
2: Right. Yeah. That's like it's like you were go, you would go into a job interview and not tell them all sure. your history. Yeah. It's
0: like you go to school and get an MBA, and then you go to them to interview and be like, Yeah, I went to school. I'm a quiet professional. Yeah. Like, I don't you talk can't. about my accolades. It's like, it says here that you have an education, but that's the only thing you put on this piece of paper. I have an education. It's like, yeah, I don't like to talk about it. I went to Harvard. (laughs) It's like, but did you graduate? Yeah. Well, well, tell us more. Tell us more because we're trying to figure out if we want to hire you based on what we feel your work ethic is and your accomplishments. Mm -hmm. And now that I've hired 650 fucking plus people, I can tell people that it is really important for, especially vets to be able to translate their experience to how it directly applies to the business world. Because I don't care if somebody has a four-year degree. It just gives me something where I can reference that they understand how to finish something Mm -hmm. that sucks. And then when you look at that piece of paper, you can say, okay, well, what did you get in that four years? So you studied, you know, make up a fictional degree. But it's like, if what you studied was, you know, hypothetical gender alien relations, I don't give a fuck because that's stupid, right? If you studied statistics or architecture or something like that, where you're like, oh my God, man, that's that's very analytical. It's very technology. We'll call it technology driven. It's very technical. That matters. If you were you know, a Marine or, you know, in the army and you did something and you signed up multiple times mm-hmm. and you're a volunteer that had the wherewithal to complete a task that was difficult, that shit matters. Yep. And I, I, I want to tell that to every SF guy that I meet. It's like, man, stop being too quiet. Tell people what you did because it matters. Mm-hmm. It does. When you're in an interview and you're like standing there, parade rest, it's like, I was in the military. It's like, dude, nobody gives a fuck. Right. What'd they you don't do? know what you do. Right? Like, I was a green beret. It's like, and then there's this assumption that people know what a green beret is to begin mm-hmm. with. They don't fucking know. They're like, oh, you were a hat. So what were yeah. you doing? Like, were you like a furry or something? What were you just <laughs> pretending to be a fucking hat? Like, they don't know. I've I've literally had people ask me like, what'd you do? I
2: was like, oh, I was a uh, green beret, and they're like, oh, is that like a Navy SEAL? Yeah, that's, that's Oh, yeah, like it's just it's just like or like a I was a
0: ranger, and they're like, "Oh, you were a park ranger? Yeah, mm-hmm. like that sounds cool. Were you like climbing Yosemite or something?" And you're like, "No, man. Like, so translating your experience, making sure that people understand like what it is, you know, and and we can trace this all the way back to even a regimental lineage, which is like think about all the 82nd guys, were the 101st guys, or the other conventional guys that went to selection, and they're like they failed or they didn't try, but they always talked about, yeah, I would have went to selection, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. you know, I didn't want to conform. You know, I don't like beards or whatever fucking stupid excuse they would make. Right. Because they were like, man, this guy's out. These people are out doing something that is different. It might be perceived as more difficult, but they're just defining success for themselves. And people don't like that. They don't like you drifting and coloring outside of the lines. Like we see it every day in our society, right? If you're just different, doing your own fucking thing, people are like, hey, motherfucker, get back in here. You got to dress right dress. Like, you know, get your hands out of your pockets, wear a uniform, right? But it's like part of society. Mm. So for me, to trace it all the way back, you know, being very clear in the mission and the intent of the business And then being able to try to identify that and then define the culture really fucking matters. Like it really matters. And I had a lot of good templates out there from people who are like, I don't wanna do that. That sucks. That's stupid. Right? It's like. Yeah, and I think that's not
2: that people were talking shit or shit talking so much. It's, I guess my point was more that once you hit, like, so you got, you know, the Jocko, you, uh, Joe's, once you hit Andy's, that, echelon. I don't know where that break takes place, but it's almost like people have trouble connecting the the path from the beginning to that yeah. point anymore. And so if you can't connect the the if or if you refuse to or if you just don't know how connect from beginning to end, you're not going to learn how those people got to those positions and then you're not going to think that it's possible for you to get to that position. Mm-hmm. And that's an issue I think with with not just veterans but people in general. It's like you see these people that did this thing and you're unwilling or unable to figure out how they did it and start learning. So like you look at somebody and they're, they're living their best life. Like, you know, you want to live that life. Right. So st- stop, stop being upset about it and thinking that that person is just like a one off and go try to make that happen. And I think it's hard for, I don't know about you guys, but for when I, like I was getting out of the military, I didn't know what to do outside of police officer or, uh, FBI, I was putting in for all those typical things. Mm -hmm. I never thought once that like, hey, there's a life of content and uh, content creation and being like using art and being creative to make a living. And that's really unfortunate because I I haven't been truly happy until I started doing that. Mm
0: I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) I think it's the case (laughs) for a lot of people. We saw it all the way back, you know, in, you know, when I went to the Q course. It was like, people just hated SF guys because they were SF guys. It's like those fucking guys, they think they're so cool. It's like, no, we are cool, motherfucker. Yeah. We don't think we're cool. We know we're fucking cool. It's real you know why? Because I got Oakley blades and a fucking beard. <laughs> and I, I cruise around with my hands yeah, in my yeah. pockets. Yeah. And you dum-dums have fucking white wall tire heads <laughs> like standing at parade rest. Like, dude, I, I went to selection in the Q course because I wanted a better life, right? It was mm-hmm. like, I wanted to be around a cut of individuals that were all driving towards the same mission. Like I wanted the ash and trash to be, I wanted to chop that shit out and go someplace where we were all special for a lack of a better term. But it's like, no, we, we wanted to be mission focused. Mm-hmm. We wanted to be around a bunch of guys like us that were like so solely focused on mission completion. And that's the only thing we cared about. We didn't care about, whether or not we stand around with our fucking hands in our pockets or whether or not we wore beards or fucking ball caps or whatever it was, it was like, no, I care about mission. That's mm-hmm. what I care about. That's the place I want to be. Mm-hmm. When you had a bunch of looky-loos that were like coming in, they were like part-timers or summer help in the military. It's like they're on their like two-year army enlistment or whatever, <laughs> like just doing it for fucking a couple bucks for college. Like, no, man, like I, I want to be a professional soldier. Like yeah. I want to be a pro at this. That's what I want to do. And I think there's there's always that, like, I'm just as good as you. It's like, yeah, there's probably no doubt that you're just as right. good. You just didn't do what I did. I went yeah. and volunteered multiple times over and went through a selection process. And then definable, I am a fraction of a percentile, right? And it's like, there's really no reason for it other than just quite literally, it's like petty jealousy. When Even when we trace it all the way back, right? And- now I see this too from the same perspective. Is guys will say, "Well, it was easy, right?" Or you just like rolled out of bed and then you fucking have a company with six hundred and fifty people. And it's like, no man, I slept under my desk in a thermarest. I starved. My like I sold everything I fucking owned. Like my wife and I shopped at secondhand fucking stores. Like I I I bought a new car few years ago, and it was a Volvo with twenty thousand miles on it or something like that. Like, There's a lot of hard work. Mm. and But they skip, and this is kind of the instant gratification that we have in this culture, because everybody wants to be a Green Beret, or everybody wants to be a fucking soft guy, but you know what they don't want to do? They don't want to go to fucking selection. They don't mm-hmm. want to go to the Q course. What they want to do is they want to go down to the PX and grab the tab and sew it on their fucking uniform. Right. They want to take the easy road. They're like, well, that guy just had a lucky man. He didn't mm-hmm. have it hard like me. Okay, dude. Yeah. Where are you originally from?
1: I'm from Florida. Originally? Originally, yeah. So Warner you moved raised. back. Yeah, I moved back. Family is from there. My right. wife's family is from there. Um, so we were up in Fort Lewis in Washington, so yeah. it was tough on them, you know, being gone all the time. They didn't right. have that support network. So, like, whenever I was gone for multiple months at a time, they would always just move back home. So, when it got to the time, it was like, yeah, I'm not going to reenlist again. I'm just going to move back home. It was kind of, you know, like Sean and probably you as well. There's more things I wanted to do on the outside. So, took that jump. Mm -hmm. Here we are. I really thought about it. I was like, 10 years from now, do I want multiple experiences Mm -hmm.
2: or one long investment? And I was like, I think more colored life would be like multiple you know, opportunities, multiple experiences, trying new things. And I don't know. I just thought about like retiring in the military and right. it, it was just like freaked me out. Well, I it, got,
1: it got to be so rinse and repeat, you know? Yeah. And like, you're always on this constant cycle. It's like you go right. away on, for me, I went on tons of J Sets. So you go away on a J JSET, you're teaching the same courses over and over. You come back home, you go to a school, come back, you're gone again, doing a J set. It's the same course, the same thing. It's just different uniforms of the people you're training. And it was like, so how long do I want to do this, you know? And once it's, that challenge goes away and you're not being challenged, yet, it's just yeah, just being challenged anymore, it's like
2: there's something else out there that's going to challenge me.
1: Yeah, and that's basically. how it was. it was. It was super easy. And it got to the point where you get in a rhythm and it's like, I can do this, yeah. you know, over and over again, but I'm just going to get burned out. And you see the older guys that are just the old crusty vets that are broke down, you know, back issues, knee issues, and all messed up in the head or whatever because they're angry. And then they give you shit when you want to get out. Our Sergeant Major came down. And he's like, where's the quitter? And I was like, there's yeah. our Major. <laughs> he's like, you're going to fucking go back to Florida? I just sent you to mountain school. What are you going to do the mountains in Florida? <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. It's a cool course. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah, it appreciate awesome. it. It's I cool love the mountains, period. though. It'll be a yeah. cool vacation spot. <laughs> How
0: many wives are you on? Number three? Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
1: My senior, he'd always like, oh, it's just your first wife. It's just the practice anyway. Yeah, the training <laughs> wheels like, are off now, yeah. buddy.
2: Yeah, yeah um, my Sergeant Major came up to me and was like, He's like, it's all right, man. He's like, when you come back in, you'll be behind your peers promotion-wise, but whatever, you'll just get back in the grind. I was like, what do you mean when I come back in? Yeah. I was like, oh, you'll be back. Yeah. It's like, don't just assume. But the Mm -hmm. crazy thing is like, once you decide you're you're not on the train anymore, it's like, you don't exist anymore. It's like, Mm -hmm. if you're not propelling our mission forward, by
0: That's mission uh, focus. Yeah. Yeah. It's great.
2: Yeah. 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 And it's like, which is great for for guys that are trying to get out because then you can go focus on, uh, you know, your next career. Right. And they're just like,
1: all right, we'll see you later.
2: Yeah. Go it's do what like, you're going to oh, do. I'm, I'm a Yeah. It's <laughs> like
1: gone for months at a time. Yeah. yeah. Deuces. But you're getting prepared, you know, you're getting things. Well, hopefully you're using that time wisely to right. get prepared. Yeah. I think too many guys don't use that time wisely and then they're slapped in the face with reality when they actually get out.
2: Yeah. I looked at the, the breakdown they give you on the, um, was it, AKO or whatever? Mm-hmm. Remember our website? Yeah. Like how much you're going to have to make as a civilian to right. match technically what you're making through, you know, not paying your rent or housing, healthcare food. And it was like 80,000. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm taking a huge pay cut to be a cop. Uh, you know, as Colin knows, like what, you go through a uh, police academy, it's, uh, it was like 55,000 or 56,000. Well, like, some,
0: and some of these academies, like you have to pay for your own chow. Like, oh, you, you, you have to, like, it's part of it, right? Like, you got to pay for your own uniform. You got to pay for your own chow. Like, I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> fucking nuts. Yeah, it's what, are you going to bill me? Like, <laughs> yeah. you're forcing me to go to this. I got to, like, pay yeah. for my meals? Like,
2: what <laughs> the fuck? So, the, the Denver Police Department, you're paying for your belt, your gun, like, your whole… Oh, you are a
0: Denver guy? Yeah,
2: I was Denver. Oh, cool. So, the whole setup, you're paying for that. Right. So, it's like, that's fucking expensive. Like, I just took a huge, like, $30,000 pay cut. And now you want me to buy thousand dollars, like almost two thousand dollars after your gun and everything, worth of equipment. And not only that, but it's this leather like dress shit. It's badass. I'm gonna ask it, what it is. I'm gonna ditch this bullshit immediately and go back to my like <laughs> my you know Ronin belt and yeah. you know just in black. Yeah. So now I have to double up and buy my all my military equipment in black. So it's it's tough. Yeah. Uh, how long were you over there? Uh, it was like three. Almost three years or three years. Where did you guys live? Do you guys live? Oh, you lived in Parker. Parker. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So basically, the
0: did you did you hang out at Cheeseman a lot? Were you down at like Cheeseman Park, cruising around down there? Cheeseman Park?
1: You don't remember <laughs> that? <No. laughs> that was like, was like a like, dirty place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> is that where like is that like a heroin? My wife's from Platt Park uh, in Denver, and she used to always tell me that that's where you could go and solicit. Same sex relationships if you're yeah. into them. Oh, That's the why Denver I
2: like. has all kinds of, <laughs> like the that place is the whole, like um, the whole park downtown. It's just, it's all homeless camps. So all the grass is dead now because they just gave it to the homeless. And uh, we used to watch them on kiss because I got on an impact team mm-hmm. before I got out. It was um, citywide. So we would just go wherever the hotspots for a crime were and try to reduce it. And, you know, get the guns and get the dope.
0: Right.
2: But you have cameras so you could watch them downtown. And I watched, we sat there in our team room watching this guy and he has a beer and he has his heroin and he's just sitting on the park bench like, and parents and kids are walking past him, And then he, he like, so he shoots up and then he dips his, the, the needle in his beer and then he shoots the rest of the heroin in his mouth and then he starts drinking his beer. And this the is like fuck? a 10 minute process like- of. In the like, middle of the day, Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, like, it was like noon, and he's sitting on a park bench, and they're like, "What is he doing?" Yeah. Like, and he dips it into the beer, and then he's like shooting up, and then he gets it, and then there's still a little bit in there, so he dips in the beer, and then shoots it in his mouth, and starts drinking this his beer. And good like, to the last drop, I guess. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, it's disgusting." He's like, and, buddy, you want some? <laughs> and while we're watching him go through this like disgusting process, uh, there's like a mom and her her like, probably like a five year old daughter just walking on the sidewalk past them. I'm like, they're probably having to go to work or catch the bus. Right. And meanwhile, the city was just okay with allowing, you know, heroin addicts to live on the park and take it over.
0: That's something I never quite understood. I went back to Denver a couple of years ago with a family and we, we just got an Airbnb, like posted downtown because I was going to um, outdoor retailer. So, you know, just checking out outdoor new gear and shit like that that's mm-hmm. coming out. And um, we took the kids out for a walk. And, you know, I carry most of the time and I was super glad I was carrying that day. Like, it's sketchy oh, as yeah. fuck. Yeah. We, so we cruise by this park and there's a chick shooting up in the, uh, like with the door wide open to the porta potty and mm. she's in there like, you know, get, getting it on. And then there's another dude like across the park that's like getting beat the fuck up. And you're just like, <laughs> then there's like a bunch of white people cruising around yeah. look, looking like they're gonna go shop for organic vegetables. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck is going on, man? Yeah. Like, how's this coexist? Like yeah. how like, like it's fucking crazy. It's a crazy yeah. reality where people are like, Oh, it's totally fine if you got if you want to shoot up heroin everywhere and smoke crack and do all yeah. your things. Just as long as I get my, you know, Sunday organic vegetable market and pretend yeah. like I'm doing good for the environment by buying local or some shit. Yeah. I don't even know, but it's like acoustic guitars and organic vegetables and like crackheads and organic yeah. and <laughs> organic fucking heroin. And I don't some, know.
2: <laughs> and, and somehow they just like, like coexist around each other without connecting. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, hey, we understand that you're part of that culture and we're part of ours and just don't look at me or talk to me or come near me. And then hopefully you won't get caught up in it.
0: Well, in most of them too, like when I say them, right. It's like, it's like the heroin crackhead methamphetamine people and the homeless people. Right. And then you have these like re-gentrifying areas. I lived right across the park here in Liberty park. And like, it's like a dude walking down the street with like tennis racket naked, mm-hmm. you know, and my daughter's out in the yard. I'm like, Hey, the fuck out of here. I'm like, <laughs> that most people, they were just like yeah. so yeah, timid yeah. and they're turning around. I'm like, hey, mother, like get out of my yard, dude. Like, or you know, like beat feet, dude. I don't want your dick wagging around my five-year-old <laughs> as she's in the yard. And then it's like people's willingness to accept that as something that is normal because they're like, oh, well, they have a problem. And it's like, yeah, yeah they have a problem. That doesn't mean that I need to be accepting of it. Like right. it doesn't mean like, hey, you get to shoot up in my fucking front yard. Like, yeah. dude, get and the fuck out of here. I came to my front door one day. It was awesome. It was so great. It's like crackhead came up and it was like, he wanted to use the power on our front door. He's like knocking on the door. So I answered the door with um an MPX mm. and a fucking <laughs> and it, with my flashlight. I turned it on. And I opened the door and pointed to this chest, <laughs> and I was like, "What's up, man?" <laughs> He's like, "I'm all good. I, 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 I'm all I'm all good." I'm like, "Hey, tell your friends if they want to come over here." He's like, "Dude, this we'd have we strollers. The door we'd have like we had strollers stolen mm-hmm. and fucking running shoes and all kinds of shit." I was like, "Hey, go tell your friends that you know I'm I'm handing out tickets to heaven <laughs> if you want to fucking take a ride."
2: Yeah, and um. Did you listen to the dude that was just on Joe with uh, talking about San Francisco?
0: No, huh? Oh my San god. San Francisco's fucked right it's, now. It's fucked. Yeah,
2: he wrote a book called San Francisco and he was talking about it. And he's like he's like people are so like feel sorry for these homeless people, but like you said you're getting robbed in these homeless camps. They're raping each other, they're like murdering each other, they're shooting up heroin. It's it's complete anarchy in these camps. Like sometimes we would be undercover and I'd be next to homeless camp, and I'd just watch people just beating the shit out of each yeah. other, robbing each other. and it's all homeless on own, like they're right. just destroying each other in these camps. And then so they walk up, and it's the cycle, they'll walk up, and then people will feel bad, and so they'll start giving them money, and then they go buy the heroin with it, and then like, if you can't pay your, your debt,, mm. then you're getting murdered. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, you could just lace you could just lace if you want someone dead in a, in a camp and you're like a fellow homeless person. Lay some with fentanyl. Give them the drugs. You know they're going to take it. Yeah, they OD and they're dead. And no, who's who's going to say anything? Because it's just another uh, homeless OD. OD. Yeah, and then they go get picked up and taken off. It's Ooh. insane. And he breaks it down in, in that in that. But I just thought it was crazy.
0: Uh, it's it it is insane. Yeah, like, but I mean, the fact that we've just we're just okay with it. Well, there, I think there are people that are are okay with it, and then uh, then there are like A lot of people are just not okay with it. It's like, if you see human fecal matter on the street or a sidewalk, chances are most of us are like, dude, that's gross. Like, hey. But you have a whole, you know, line of people that are like, it's okay to just free range shit everywhere. And it's like, that, that, that to me seems like we're going back in the evolutionary cycle as a society where, we have running water and toilets for a reason, but then now all of a sudden it's acceptable for people to become addicted to drugs, become homeless and then defecate on our streets Mm -hmm. and leave, you know, their drug paraphernalia everywhere. It's like, that seems like we should be moving to a place where we like to use running water and contain fecal matter. So we're Mm -hmm. not spreading like diseases and those types of things. It just seems kind of logical to me to think about that and unpack it and be like, Hey, I don't like stepping in human shit. Like, that's just kind of a thing that I don't. Even when, <laughs> you know, when, when you're, when you, you know, even when people uh, define a derogatory thing for the military, it's called a, so you're a ground shitter, right? So you remember the fucking mm-hmm. landmines, the dudes that oh, like, yeah. you'd be walking oh, in, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. a patrol and you like, like oh, step in, come it? on, <laughs> man. Like, use a slit trench, like, yeah, bury it, yeah. bro. A a sorry. Tag. But it's yeah. fucking nuts. And it's yeah. like, but, it's okay in a lot of these cities for people to do that. I was talking to my buddy last night. He's a Seattle SWAT cop and he was talking about Seattle. Mm-hmm. And I lived in Seattle for a long time on and off. And I I used to love that city. Mm-hmm. I used to love that city, man. It was so beautiful. Like right next to the ocean. You know, he had the Puget Sound right there. Great seafood. It, it, was, it was still a really cool city in the late 90s, even, you know, early 2000s. And then, Something happened. I don't, I don't even know what this infection is of the mind where people are just so, they're open and accepting to a bunch of different things that are so weird to me.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, you'd have a whole homeless camp with Kent City in a place where kids should be playing. Right. And you got fucking heroin needles everywhere. And you're like, I can't take my kids to the park. The thing that we actually paid for as taxpayers to take our kids to the park and play because people that don't have a home, which I feel for them, but they're using it as a place to live, to deal drugs, to, you know, defecate everywhere. It's mm. fucking disgusting. Yeah.
2: And they, they tried to, in Denver, they were starting to do, uh, lawyers were going around trying to find cases where uh, homeless people were being, you know, they could, they could look at it as mistreatment Mm -hmm. and so they could go after cops. Yeah. So then they start like baiting them. It's like, wait a minute. I don't want, you think that as a cop, I want to go mess with homeless people. Right. Like they haven't showered in weeks. They shit all over the place. Like they're, like I said, they, they're probably covered in, you know, have diseases because they're sharing needles. And you think that I want to go pat them down and mess with them. I'm getting calls Mm -hmm. from businesses begging us to get rid of them. So I have to make contact with these people. And then when I make contact with them, they're out of their mind high. They want to fight me. Uh, they want to just run away. And now I can't like, like morally just let that go because then they're, just, they're breaking the law left and right. So I'm, I'm being forced to contact these people. And now lawyers see that as an opportunity to say, well, if, if you violate any one of their rights, we're going to come after you. And we're going to sue the department. And the department's going to pay us because it's cheaper to pay us off, right. which just makes them do it more. Yeah, and it's like whose side are you on? You're not here to support police officers at all, and that's one of the things that made me. It was like I have to get out of here. It's like I had to talk to a therapist because I'm like, listen, like my PTSD is like kicking in heavy right now. And she was like, well, the best way I could describe why you're it's like surfacing so much. She says the same kind of thing that uh, Vietnam was experiencing is like, listen, you could experience war, but then if you come home and it's accepting and and good and you know, that front is okay. One or the other isn't bad. But in Vietnam, they had, you know, the war and then they're coming home and getting spit on. She said, once you have those two fronts, like simultaneously, like compressing you in, she said their PTSD in Vietnam was through the roof by comparison to what we experienced today. Oh yeah. And she's like a similar kind of thing. And I'm not trying to like, you know, compare myself to Vietnam vets, but a similar kind of thing is happening with police officers where it's like, you guys have PTSD, but we don't want to talk about it because then it could be used against them. Right. And their departments don't support them. They don't like them. And uh, they're using policy basically to restrict them and at times put cases on them, ruin their careers, potentially put them in jail. So you're getting compressed between these two huge forces. And it's like, what do I do? Nobody's on a police officer's side. Mm -hmm. So you just, you're constantly taking it from both ends. And it's, the most stressful experience I've ever had. Hmm.
0: When it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. It, it really doesn't because uh, police are literally just there to enforce the laws that lawmakers, the people that we voted into power mm-hmm. or authority that they've written and put in place. Like they're there to enforce the laws that people voted for basically. So it's, it's like killing the messenger. Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. It's like, dude, don't kill the messenger. Like, right. vote that dumbass out of office that decided that this was a good idea. Like, vote him out. Right. Like, get him the fuck out. And it, I've, I've had this conversation, I think, so many times. from like, you know, if you're speeding and you get pulled over and you get a ticket, it's not the police. It's not their fault. It's your fault. It's posted, <laughs> dummy. Don't do it. If you know you're going to willingly break the law, you also have to be accepting of the consequences. Mm-hmm. But you have a group of people, I think, in our society that they just never want to accept the consequences. It's like they don't want to accept the consequences for their behavior. You know, and I think a, a huge percentage of homeless people, right? You have and the the homeless is is it runs in tandem with, I think multiple different problems because you have drug addiction. Uh, and then you have um, psychological issues that are typically you know fueled right so psychological issues and drug addiction they're they're kind of hand in glove right it's the same same and then you have a proven system within the pharmaceutical industry that has basically mm-hmm. pushed opiates over the last several decades so then you have this pharmaceutical industry that's not held accountable they don't want to be held accountable and legally they can't be held accountable right so they fueled part of this entire homeless Epidemic, Oh, big time. But they're not going to be held economically accountable for it, right? And then the people that are making the decisions that are, you know, part of the problem because they're injecting drugs into their arm or smoking them or whatever poor decision has led them to that, they don't want to be held accountable because they have an addiction. They're a victim. They're a victim. To their addiction. And then you have the person in the middle, which is the law enforcement officer that's like, hey... I'm just enforcing what's pretty much black and white. That's mm-hmm. what I'm doing. And then you have one side of the the, the 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 city or the municipality that's like, I need those guys out there. Like guys like me, like I want you guys out there. I want cops out there like protecting my neighborhood. You know, I want my girls to be able to walk around the block and feel safe. Like I don't want to carry my Glock around my fucking neighborhood. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would love just to be able to like, go for bike rides and like, stop and smell flowers and live in the utopia that I think that we all deserve and we paid for. Like, I want that. Then you have one side that's like, they see them as villains and it's like, man, you're villainizing somebody for enforcing something that you voted for. You voted for it. And then the mayor or whatever in the city wants to disconnect and be like, Oh my God, these cops. And it's like, Hey, you're the dude or the person that wrote the law. They have nothing to do with this. Like, Rewrite the legislation or rewrite the fucking law, man. Like, like yes. change what you want. But, there's this, politicians won't take accountable. They they won't take their actions in account. The only person they're going to hold accountable is somebody they can politically crucify. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, law enforcement officer will have to suffer the consequences for that because they're going to be thrown under the bus by everybody. Yeah. And it sucks. They're they're
2: fair game. The, the, they're fair game. The they're fair game. Yeah. And, and it's funny because a buddy of mine called me. He had a, Uh, a case against him where he, well, he put, we put someone in jail for an illegal firearm. Right. A known gang member had a Glock stolen. whole night Did everything perfect. So he gets a call from, uh, well, the defense attorney was like, Hey, this cop was, was racist. Basically wrote it out to point like uh, that. My partner was discriminating against this guy because he was black. So (laughs) they didn't, take the time to realize that my partner's black. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, <laughs> so good. So yes.
2: They call him up. They call him up. They're like, uh, my, my partner tells him like, Hey, I read this and they're making it sound like um, I, I'm discriminating against him for a skin color because he's black. And she's, like, yeah, unfortunately that's the route that they're going with this. And he goes, Oh, um, do you know that I'm black? And she goes, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> she's like, uh, she's like, let me call you back. <laughs> so she, took there goes
1: it, our whole plan. Yeah. So,
2: so she took it to uh, the judge in, in front of the defense attorney. And she was like, so you're saying that the officer was, uh, you know, potentially racist and, and being uh, discriminating against your client and, or defendant. And she would they were like, yes. And she's like, do you know that he's black? And they were like, Oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. So, oh, okay. but the, the scary part is that, that they're automatically just throwing that out there in the wow. hopes that it works, um, assuming that the officer is white, assuming that there's something in there that they could use mm-hmm. to, to call that thing uh, racist. And it's like, that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. So for every white officer out there, like, hey, this is, this is an, almost an automatic thing is to call you racist, regardless of what you did. Because she went through, we had body cam footage on. We documented everything. And she was like, what well, you guys did was textbook. It was, you didn't violate any policies. It was absolutely textbook. Um, so the fact that that, even when you do it right, that is a go-to is to be like, well, they're probably we'll just call them racist. And then maybe we can get it thrown out or, and find something after the fact that could point to, could to support the racist argument. Right. And I'm like, that's terrifying for police. Yeah, it's terrifying. I'm not saying that there's not racist police out there probably exists, right? Like there's always something out there, but the fact that you're going to just blanket the department and make these officers fair game, being a cop right now is a scary thing to
0: do. Dude, it's so scary. Uh, So many of my friends are, are are police officers. I was talking to one of my buddies and he was talking about the forced vaccination uh, for law enforcement. And it, it seems crazy to me that, uh, different cities can do this, and they can say, "Well, you're going to get this vaccination." And I, I don't care what people want to decide. Like it, it, it's individual freedom, man. You want to get it? Don't want to get it? Like it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have no real political stance or whatsoever. It shouldn't even be political at right. this point. That's the but issue. they're turning it into this political stance and their their moral posturing in some of these cities, and they're using it, I think, as a forcing function to identify people that ultimately won't, won't comply based on maybe a political leaning. And I, uh, there's no ability for nuance in this stuff either, because if you have a legitimate argument, you're like, well, listen, I have, you know, an underlying health issue. This could be an issue for me. Mm-hmm. You know, if I take this, they're basically discounting it and saying, well, you're going to get fired. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, right. It's, it's, you know, out of all the things that you look at throughout the 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 entirety of a of law enforcement, you know, profession, my buddy's got twenty plus years, and so like you're not looking at the the entirety of it, of the professional dignity or the person that served their community over the course of decades, or just basically saying, "Oh, if you don't comply, hit the bricks." And it's it's really sad to see these cities and the way they treat law enforcement. It's really fucking sad. Uh, and I don't know how you dig, as, as we look at kind of the future of our society, I don't know how we dig ourselves out of this, because we're villainizing a group of people based on a profession, and we're villainizing the wrong people. Mm-hmm. It's quite literally the lawmakers that we have to blame for all of this stuff, where it's like, vote them out of office. Like, get them out of office. Like, that's it. You don't like the law, like, vote them out and put the person in that you're going to, you know, ultimately adhere to what you... Politically, believe even force mandates like force man- mask mandates and things like that. It's like you expect law enforcement to go out and, again force people to wear the equivalent of a t shirt over their fucking mouth. Like, really? Is that their job? Is that what they're there to do? Like, dude, we got better things. I, I think think guys have bigger fish to fry. But that's just like my. Who knows? I mean, I was coffee for a living,
2: <laughs> right? Well, dude, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I started taking that stance and you probably end up doing the same because when you do videos on the channel, it's like, mm-hmm. guys, don't listen to me, right? Yeah. Like I, I'm putting advice out there to, to hopefully help, you know, more people get involved in the special operations community so we could be more protected as a country, you know, because if we just keep bashing the military and their decisions, like that, what good is that going to do us? You know, that's like, yeah. let's defund the police. I'm like, oh, that's going to make a... That's gonna work, you know. Let's really good idea, fellas. Yeah. Great idea. Until yeah. someone's kicking down your door and you're like, "Who are you gonna call?" Help. You know, the defunded police will be there in 45 minutes to <laughs> to fix things up. But I've literally just started saying that, like, like, guys, if don't don't listen to me. If I if there's anything I say that's you know you don't like or is offensive or like, like find somebody else to listen to. There's so many people that you could pick.
0: You could listen to 10. 10, and 20. They, oh. there, there are really intelligent people yep. out there that people can listen to. Like, I, I like I have an opinion, right? Based on my background. I have an opinion. I have an opinion on, you know, things. But really, there's very few things that people should be listening to me for. They should be listening to me on how can I make a better cup of coffee, right? which is, I'm pretty good at that. I'm, I would say that I'm one of the best. No big deal. <laughs> I don't like to brag, <laughs> but I'm one of the best. You know, they should probably listen to me on how to improve their split times because I'm fairly good at that. If they were, you know, want to hit an A box target at 15 yards with a Glock, like I'm fairly decent. You saw that. Um, (laughs) Pretty good. You know, and I think at this point after seven years and like the company and where we built it, they should, I might be able to speak from some position of authority on how to build a a fairly successful company, Mm -hmm. right? Outside of that, my wife would probably debate you as to, the quality of husband I am (laughs) based on how much time I spend on the road. Uh, And I do probably consider myself a decent father. I just don't really um, discuss that because everybody has their own parenting, you know, opinion or perspective, you know. I think just in general, what what bothers me, I think, with the national narrative is people are so sensitive. They're just so sensitive and they're just so fucking weak. Like It's like you're fucking weak. Like you're a weak-minded person if you can't take criticism or accept people's ideas and logically think through them without being triggered. Like we 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 saw it, or we 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 heard that in SF all the time. It's like you gotta have thick skin. Mm-hmm. Like you gotta have skin like a rhino because dudes will fucking beat you down and you're just like, ah, like water off a duck's back, man. Yeah. Can you imagine? if everybody got triggered when you're getting your, like the shit smoked out of you with like a bullhorn and just like, you're a fucking pathetic piece of shit. And you're just like, one, two, three, one, oh, he told me I'm a pathetic piece of shit. I guess I gotta go, you know? And it's like, you're just fucking weak, man. Like it bothers me that as a society, we can't just criticize people in general for being, and, and weak is not like, I'm not saying, you know, we have to actually protect, like, I would say, like, the elderly and the people that are, like, genetically or they have some kind of pre-existing condition. But if you're a person that is just being weak, you have to accept criticism and try to evolve out of that Mm -hmm. fucking perspective. Because that's the way I look at it from a a country's perspective, which that's why I respect what you guys are doing because we should be trying to get better people within the special operations community. We should be trying to get, you know, selection numbers up because the more people go to selection meaning they only need so many. Right. means yeah. they're going to have better selected yes. criteria, yeah. yes. which means they're going to have a better, more qualified special operations force. Absolutely. Like, that's a fucking great goal for us as a nation to have a more qualified special operations force. Like if we get bogged down and we get deterred from mission focus, we get, put into these fucking tertiary political conversations where we're talking about things that don't matter but that's when we it weakens the force it takes us away from the, from the focus and i think i see that you know what what was that thing that the oh god I think Dan Crenshaw or somebody posted it yesterday, and they're talking about the transgender admiral or whatever. Uh, yeah. The same day that China launches like a supersonic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nuclear weapon that like went around the world, and we're like, yeah, but we got this transgender admiral. Look, look at us, you know. It's, it's like it's like a fucking terrifying yeah. reality yeah, we're so living scary. in.
2: Or like Dave Chappelle's uh, new. Oh yeah. New show. It's like, how how do we not even we can't even joke anymore? Like our no, comedians yeah. can't tell jokes. No. What do we what do they do? Do we just fire all the comedians? We're like, sorry, man, like everything you say offends somebody. So <laughs> yeah. you gotta stop telling jokes.
0: That's the whole point yeah. of comedy. Right. It's like yeah. you're gonna be offended. Right. That's fun.
2: Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I like that's why I watch comedy is so I could be offended yeah. and watch yeah. laugh at other people getting offended <laughs> because it's hilarious. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, we have to have some platform where all everything goes. And I think SF guys understand that, you know, more than anybody because it's, for us, it's called a team room.
0: Yeah. And in that team room, there Anything is no goes. such
2: thing as getting offended. Yeah, there's no sensitivity. <laughs> yeah, that's what there. we were talking no about
0: yesterday. It was like, man, if they had cameras in the team room, like, oh, oh yeah. man, we would be like- they canceled so quick. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> they would cancel team room. Yeah. They'd be like, all right, ODA, <laughs> you guys are going to BTC in from your houses. Yeah. From this point forward, you're not going to be in the team yeah.
2: room. <laughs> Completely. and But God, it's so good. That's it's so, it's good. so good. It's such a great environment when there's no sensitivity mm-hmm. because it's like we bond so tight. And it's like, you. I make fun of you for- it, literally anything. I'm mm-hmm. going to make fun of That's the You're best going part. to. That's, that's the expectation. Yeah. 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 It's it's not like, oh, if he makes fun of me, he doesn't like me. It's like, no, if you show anything that I can make fun of, I'm going to. And if there's a guy sitting in the room that's not getting made fun of, he's going to be like, fuck, I need to start like working harder on this team yeah, because yeah. they don't like me. Right. And I need to prove to them I'm worth yeah. getting made fun of.
1: And so we just have the best fucking time. And I had I actually got in trouble in the civilian world because of that. Really? Because at my job, because I was a manager, and all of the people under me are like college age, like young college, right? And so I was like just you know ribbing on some people, and they took it as I was picking on them. Yeah. Uh. And they and it's like you're actually like one of my favorites on the team, which is why I'm this way towards you. If you're like yeah. this other person who I don't talk to at all, that's because I don't like that person. Yeah. But it's you see that difference in in the I guess the the environment. And we were in, plus, or you know, compared to what they're in, and it's just they don't like it. They yeah. can't deal with it. You can't hack. Everybody's there, too sensitive. They need to have that that sign above the team room door,
0: which is just like weaknesses will be exploited. Like, yeah, they will. Like, yeah. if you show any weakness, it's like the wolves. You draw blood, and the wolves come out. Like it's like right. every dude comes out. It's like, oh man. Did you get upset? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Don't let him see
0: it. Don't let, Don't him,
3: see let it. him see it. Oh, did that's you just Abel. get upset? That's, oh, okay, okay.
2: Yeah, so it, that Andy figured that out about Abel making fun of his car, oh, really? his little BMW. So now every time we do wine and rations, oh, yeah. Abel's like, How many dicks you got to suck to get that thing started? <laughs> <laughs> and he just smashes them. Oh. And Abel doesn't get it. It's like, Dude, you cannot show that it bothered you, even, even if your face. Fucking tweaks a little yeah, bit. Yeah, got yeah.
0: Like, oh, got him. Got him. Got him. <laughs> yeah. You're looking for any chink of the armor. Yeah. Or like you're just looking for it. And if you show any, I, I I know for a fact, like one of the things that like saved me is like when you can hit back verbally. And it's like, oh, when when the swords are out and people are trying to draw blood, but if you got a sharper tongue, motherfucker, like you will survive. Mm-hmm. And it's like Gonna start being a little more careful yeah yeah you're because you, when they're gonna when it's a battle of the wits and people got their swords out in the fucking team room like i don't know how many dudes i just fucking shred you know, <laughs> you know it's like i had this senior uh 18 delta and we fucking hate each other to this day but like he was He had done, like, the best ranger back in the day, like, fucking 20 years ago or whatever. But he's a fat fuck. (laughs) And it was just like, but you're fat now. I don't care what you did, like, 20 years ago, man. Like, you're fat now. (laughs) like." And it's like, oh, you can't call people fat. It's like, on an ODA, you can call people fat all the fucking time. He's like, dude, you're a fat ass. He's like, I'd slap food out of his fucking hands. Like, do weird shit like that. Like, come on, bro. Like you don't need that. You know what I mean? You that's just coaching. ate like that's fucking coaching. Yeah. It's life coaching. Yeah. It's life coaching. <laughs> yeah, it's life coaching. It's like you're making welcome. better humans. Yeah. Like toughen up. Like that's the, that's the condemnation I think on, on society is like just our lack of ability to toughen the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And like, that's why I, I, I was talking about it earlier is I was alluding to it, but I'm like, I've heard some negative things about, uh, not, not overtly negative, but like Goggins, right? It's like, Goggin's messaging. I'm like, mm-hmm. what's he doing? It's offending any fucking soft guy. It's like he's telling people to suck it the fuck up and be hard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. I agree with that message. Yeah. Like, I think it's great. More people should be out there giving that message. Mm-hmm. But it's to aggressive. People. It's too aggressive. <laughs> or I, it's it's, you know, inciting, you know, yeah. like it's like, dude, he's like running hundred mile races and like like, telling people that they need to fucking toughen he's, up. Like, dude, he, that's cool. Good it, good for him, man. He's backing it up. Yeah, he yeah. backs it the fuck he's up. He's telling you, he's like, he's
2: telling you to fucking go harder, but then he's going so hard that you're like, this guy legit fucking believes everything he's saying. And then to the yeah. point where his feet are <laughs> falling off, yeah. and, you know, uh-huh. and he's breaking world records. So it's like, he's not just saying it, you know, because I can understand if you're just saying it and then you're fat and you're like, yeah. you're not doing it, <laughs> but he's <laughs> literally, go hard. He's. Running hundreds of miles at a time, <laughs> yeah. and his fucking skin's falling off his feet. Like maybe there's some fucking juice to tap into there. You, you know. don't have to go hard like that,
0: right? So you can like maybe just to add like ten percent hardness. Yeah. I don't
1: know. Like for inspiration,
2: I, yeah. I read that book and I got pumped. I was like, I could be, really? I could be yeah, doing I more. Too. Yeah. I was like, I read it and I was like, I wasn't like I'm gonna go fucking you know run two hundred miles, but I was like, I could do, I could be doing a little bit more. I could, sure. be, I could be adding a little bit because I feel like I already worked hard, but you know, there's always like somebody else makes you realize that there's you could be pushing a little bit harder. And you did that for uh, Kurt. So we, he told me this morning, he's like, woke up in the middle of the night doing math. He's like, I'm not, <laughs> he goes, I got to fucking burn the ships, dude. <laughs> 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 burn the boats, yeah. man. Yeah. And so each person brings a little bit of different kind of inspiration to it. So yeah, it's like, it, you don't have to like only fucking listen to Goggins and therefore he's like, Oh, you picked Goggins. sucks for you, man. You're running hundred miles yeah, every, yeah. everywhere you go. But, and then, but the, your story, sorry to interrupt Not you, right. but your story, like, because he's still working and he's running the store. Right. So he has no fucking time. Right. And two daughters out. Yeah. Yeah, he has two kids. Yeah. So you talk about living under your desk. He's like, dude, I just got to fucking quit my job. And then that gets me fired up because I'm like, if you're sending it full force, that means how you give me the number of what you need to survive that we need to hit with that store? And then we'll equate that to how many videos we need to do. Right. And then I'm going to start busting out any amount of videos you need to get you doing this full time. And and then the team comes and we build it up, you know, and he got that from your experience in your two years. It's like, we could be doing more. Even when you think you're, you're fucking full throttle, it's like somebody comes along and is like, yeah, you got another gear. And I think it's cool.
0: There's always more. Like, that's the thing is like, there's always more. I mean, I do it even today. And when I say even today, right, it's like, uh, you know, I got home. So after, you know, after we, after we finished business yesterday, like I had three or four more meetings. And then, you know, I, I was on the phone until 1030 last night, give or take. Right. So Mm -hmm. I was on the phone until like 1030 uh, last night, go to bed. Um, woke up and, you know got my daughters ready for school like you know doing uh, dressing everybody and yeah. getting them you know out the door and you know and then I had two or three meetings this morning before we got on the podcast right so I'm like but I gotta remind myself every fucking day it's like hey man like you can do a little bit more you can do a little, mm-hmm. bit, more. Do a little bit more you can do a little bit more you can do a little bit more and you have to constantly do this level of time triage that's that's what I've called it for seven years like time triage, and if you get up a little bit earlier in the morning, you know maybe it's like fifteen minutes mm-hmm. like i haven't I haven't slept with an alarm clock for literally ever like i've for seven years I've never had an alarm clock mm-hmm. because if I know I have to get up at like five o'clock in the morning, guess what I'm typically up at four thirty because my brain's already like you gotta get up at five or you gotta get up at four thirty and it's like Oh, I can do a little bit more I Can do a little bit more. I can do a little bit more. And it's, it's like other people don't necessarily fire me up. Like I like guys like, like that, like, you know, guys that are pushing all the time, like Rogan fucking, that guy's busy, dude. He mm-hmm. is working his ass off. Like he's always out doing something. He's like on the road, you know, doing it, not on the road doing his podcast, but he's on the road doing, you know, shows, he's doing his podcast, he's hunting, he's fucking working out. He's just always doing more. Mm. And I was out in California hunting with him last week, and he was giving me a fucking archery lesson. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) he's like giving me a fucking archery lesson. I'm like, dude, this is badass, right? I'm like getting an archery lesson from a dude that's also busier than I am. Mm-hmm. You know And he's showing me What he's learned mm. From archery So on top of everything else the dude can also shoot The fucking shit Out of a bow And yeah. give somebody a lesson I'm like oh, I can give more There's always a little bit more To ring out of yeah. the sponge yeah, I like that And you gotta pick them up From everybody right It's mm-hmm. like Learn something from you Learn something from you Not necessarily call them <laughs> fe- <laughs> um, <laughs> You gotta pick it up From everybody it's like your inspiration has yeah. to come from everybody. Mm-hmm. You don't have to follow that template. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to go run a fucking ultra marathon because somebody says I need to get hard. But I am going to go, dude, that takes a lot of fucking work mm-hmm. and a ton of dedication. Shit, if that guy can do that, wow, I can allocate a bunch of time over here to right. do this. I, I fucking love people like that, man. Like, mm-hmm. they fire me up like Jocko you know, John Dudley, all these guys are like at the top of their fucking profession. Gosh dang, that dude is always (laughs) getting after it. He's fucking getting after it. Always. And there's nothing wrong with the message. Yeah. It's like, keep hammering. Keep hammering. Like, keep fucking taking it down. Like, dude, that's awesome. Yeah. He's not posting fucking photos of his Maserati like on the fucking airstrip on the way to his private jet like with his fucking cool sunglasses about how easy it is. No, he's like huffing the fuck up. Like, make life more difficult, do something challenging. Like his message is
2: awesome. And then what's crazy about Cam, and I think that a a lot of people miss this part of his his message, he's been doing the same things so consistently for so long. That's why he's at the level he's at. So many people, they're fucking scatterbrained, man. It's like one minute, I love this. And then Mm -hmm. the very next minute, you're like, I love this. And I did this for three months. And it's like, Stop. Like, if you really want to get good at something, Cam has been doing nothing but fucking shooting bows, hunting, and working out for, for decades. decades. For fucking decades. Like, I haven't done anything but jerk off for decades. It's been the one consistent thing <laughs> that I've been doing. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty good at it. No. And, yeah. and I could smash that thing. Ask anybody. <laughs>
0: ask, ask anybody.
2: Right. You know? Good
0: like, at it. Almost don't even need anything to look at anymore. <laughs> if, you, if, you do, if you do something for three months. This motion, Like, three months <laughs> is not. Enough time to get good at anything, right? That's one thing I would say. You know, I look at things in years. Like, I look at things as like years as total time in projects and figuring out, like, how do I figure out something or how do I get better at something? I look at it in like years. Like, I I don't even want to take on something that's going to take me a fucking month. Like, I don't give a shit about that. It's like, if I can learn it in a month and master it in a month, it's just not even worth it to me. It really isn't. Yeah. Like, Hunting is one of those things that I can do year after year after year and always get better. And I'm never going to be the best. It's just, you're never going to be the best. You just keep working it and you're never going to be the best. Business evolves every day, all day long. You're never going to be the best, but you'll continue to evolve it. You know,
2: know, your guy from the the shooting range, what's Isaac, Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so I walk in and we're, you're just blown away by how big this shooting range. Oh, no, you're talking about... Oh, Neil. Neil. Neil, Yeah, Neil. So we met so many great people yesterday. But Neil from...
0: Neil Curry from Ready Gunner.
2: From That's Ready awesome. Gunner. So you walk into Ready Gunner and you're like, oh my God, like this place is huge. Like it's so nice. Like this dude has it figured out. And then you talk to him and he's like, he's like second store. In his head, he, like he's just immediately talking about, yeah, we have to expand. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's nuts, man. You walk in this place and you're like, this guy's got it. He's done. He's already checked off the block and now he just has to ride it out. And he's like, no. if if I don't expand, I'm, I'm it's going to be over. Like I have to grow. And now he's talking about a second store. That this is a guy crazy.
0: started it in his garage. Like he was deploying back and forth as a contractor, started an FFL, started selling guns in his garage. Like expanded, built in his entire business, Ready Gunner, like basically out of his garage. Like him and and Buff Cookie, she, that's Casey, she's she's freaking awesome. So he and his wife both. You go down to the shop; they're both fucking weird. Mm-hmm. They're both working their ass off.
2: Got a you media awesome. media department. In yeah. The range. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh man, I that's didn't smart. To see super that. smart. Super, super smart. smart. Yeah. yeah,
0: super smart.
2: And the whole idea of I don't know did they already put that out there? Their the uh, monthly thing. Oh yeah, yeah. There, I
0: think that's your monthly subscription. They've been out on that. Okay, for a while. so that
2: I mean, that, I was like, that's such a cool idea, like to mm-hmm, keep that yeah. going. So a monthly subscription to to gun parts. I was like, right. I could build a gun and my wife would never know. Yeah, it's monthly subscription. Monthly subscription. It's, a monthly <laughs> subscription. It it's like an automatic like,
0: thing. It's just labeled as food on the credit card. Yes. card. <laughs> so <laughs> it's so fucking okay. Yes. So Man, it's awesome. food.
2: If he could, if he can get figure out how to have his bank draw for your monthly uh, gun parts, yeah. come out as like. Uh, Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. He'll Netflix nail down the market for every with, gun yeah. person with there. With like <laughs> an S at the end
0: or yeah. some shit. Yeah. Oh, Netflix.
2: Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's you, you spent $80 on Netflix? You know they keep up in the price. Uh, yeah. You want to watch your show, you're going to be fucking keeping that pres- uh, subscription. You guys keep the conversation alive.
0: I got to go take a break. I gotta go. Yeah. I think I spent so much time in Iraq. And I have such a negative association with it. That when it starts to get hot, I start getting so fucking pissed off. And it's only <laughs> happened the last few years where yeah. I'm like, I get angry. I get angry at the heat. I'm like, fucking fuck. Go it's a hundred fucking degrees. Fuck this place.
1: And I hate it. I, it's the whole thing about Florida, like the heat and the humidity in the summer times. It's miserable. Like right now, before I left, was the first cool day that we had. Really? Able to open the windows finally. because it? It's We're looking at normally early November is when it starts to get cool. Right. have a few days in January where it's actually cold. And like by cold, we're talking like mid-30s, high-30s. And then uh, by March, April time, it's starting to warm back up again. And the summertime sucks. Like 100, 110 sometimes. Humidity is like 90%. Even at nighttime, you think you're going to walk out and be cool. But as no. soon as you walk out, you're like cutting through the humidity with a knife. Mm-hmm. Starts sweating automatically. So that was I like a... <clears throat>
0: So that was a big change for you in Fort Lewis
1: then. Oh, I loved it. I never, even before, so when I left, um, went to Fort Riley, Kansas. Then I went to uh, Fort Bragg for the Q course. And then we went back to Washington. That drive was the first time I've ever seen mountains. It was like that drive to Washington. And so then I get there and Sergeant Major calls me in, you know, and he's like, so uh, in Florida, huh? He's like, you like to swim? I knew where that conversation was going. I was like, nope. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> no, sir. I was like, I, my extent of swimming is like floating in a pool with a beer in my hand. Oh, yeah. And then uh, three That's weeks a bit later, of
2: dive school like the
1: <laughs> next day. Yeah, right. And then so, like three weeks later, I get the call and I'm going to the mountain team. And I was like, well, don't know anything about mountains either. But that was a lot of fun. It's like climbing Mount Rainier and going to Colorado um, for all the mountain courses out mm-hmm. there. I love mountains now. just don't oh, get to see them.
2: Right. He was in the class where they
1: got stuck up there on Rainier. Oh, no, uh, man. So, uh, that the first thing was the first one. Um, no, it was the Winter Mountain course.
2: I remember, so we went on, like, to
1: Fox. rocky mountain national park and we were all split up in like four different teams and right. we all had a different peak. We were going to climb like 14ers, and one of our teams had two seals on it, and then the rest was all Green Berets, and they wound up getting, uh, they got lost. No, they're, they didn't get lost, actually. <laughs> the seals were up front, and the seals were, like, bolting up, and everybody else is trying to catch up with them. Um, but a couple guys started going down with altitude sickness, and then, like, they started going down hard. So they were stuck on the side of the mountain. They couldn't make it to the peak. They couldn't go back down, and it was getting dark, so they had to just hunker down. It was supposed to be, like, an eight-hour journey. Just to be clear, who went down? It was the GVs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, um... But then yeah so they ended up having to stay overnight. They uh it was like national TV yeah. where they had to call in the park rangers had to come in. Sweet. One of the guys was able to reach back to his team sergeant at 10th group and his team sergeant defied all orders from the leadership there. Um drove up to Rocky Mountain National Park that night, went up the backside as a walk up on the mountain, went up the backside, rappelled down like That's some shit out of a movie. As fuck. So, like, they were talking about um, when the sun started coming up, they just see him, I think his name was Eric, rappelling down the mountain to come rescue them. Are you serious? Yeah, man. And then in the video, I actually found it recently where I was filming the TV. You see the helicopter on the top of the mountain, and uh, CNN was the one that had the news helicopter flying around. And they're picking everybody up. And when the helicopter <laughs> takes off, there's one person left on the mountain. And it was Eric. He refused to get in and just walked <laughs> down.
3: And then when that's I went back. That's a hard motherfucker. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's so cool. cool.
1: I went back a year later. And then he was the NCOIC of the course. That's fucking <laughs> dude, cool. Dude, that is one of the dude, coolest yeah. fucking stories I've
2: heard in a long time. That was a hard guy. Like, you will not go up there. I was like, my team's up
1: there. That's basically what happened. Like, <laughs> really? My team's there, sir. I'm <laughs> going. That's like,
0: so fucking cool.
1: Yeah, roger that. Yeah, that was a good time, though.
0: No, was a, I, I could just see the, like,
2: that cliffhanger moment where he's just repelling the sun's rise, like <laughs> We watched that recently, actually. Yeah. And I was like, tell me about cliffhanger from a mountain perspective. And he's like, this is
0: fucking stupid. It's good. Yeah. It's exactly it's, spot on. Yeah. Oh yeah, I don't know I what don't you're know. talking about, man. They're using their tight in with like
1: plastic belt clips from like yeah. a transport backpack. No, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Wondering why the girl died. Yeah, yeah, no way.
0: That's like so
1: accurate. In one
2: scene, a, he had like, he had the uh, equipment on, like mm-hmm. all the harnesses mm-hmm. and everything, and he's just free
0: climbing.
1: Yeah. yeah. Like, why are you carrying all that gear? Like 25 pounds of gear on his
0: technical advisors on that must have been Shit. so good. Uh, like they were so good. As a college student, he's like,
2: I climbed once. Yeah. So my, my team sergeant was a mountain guy. And so he was like, do you want to go climb? And I was like, uh, you know what? Yeah, it'd probably be cool. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. So we went out to the Flatirons in Colorado. And as soon as I got on the side of that mountain, I, re- I, had, I was scared to death, dude. I mm-hmm. was like, this is the worst fucking experience of my life. Like if I can get down and just jump off and parachute down to the bottom, I would do it right now. Like there's a point where I didn't know what to grab. And he was like, you just grab this. It's yeah. there. And I was like, what's there? There's nothing there. It's not there. And then, so the whole thing was when he's lead rope, he's like, he'll tell me when he's set, right? So that way I know that yeah. I'm good. So if I fall, he's got me set in on the next one, right? Or is he, is it, what is that called? That's, is he lead? Probably, he went yeah, up top first. Top, mm-hmm. He's top rope. Well, they didn't, what I didn't know is that, in, in Flatiron is the one that we climbed. There was a steep section and then it went back. So I couldn't see him anymore. So now I'm hanging on the side of the mountain, scared to death. And I can't fucking see him to know if I'm tied in or not. Right. To, so I could start going. So I was like, I might die right now. <laughs>
0: I'll like,
2: So I started screaming.
0: Make your I'm butt fucker. Like, hey. I'm,
2: like, I'm like, Hey. Are you tied in? Were
0: you you like, I'm so triggered right now.
3: (laughs) This is offensive.
2: (laughs) Just just no response. And finally, I was sitting there for like 10 minutes and I was like, I'm so scared. And it got so real, but I was like, I have to go. Like, what am I going to do? Sit on the side of the mountain? Like, yes, probably by now Mm -hmm. he's tied in. So I I just went and I've never been so scared. And then I get up there and he's like, what took you so long? And I was like, what do you mean? You, I couldn't see you. And he's like, two shakes of the rope is you're tied in. One shake of the rope is don't go yet. And I was like, well, you didn't fucking tell me
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> it is wild when you go out there. Um, we're in El Dorado Canyon at one point, And we're doing, we're rock climbing up and down. And there's a guy out there just like running laps. So we're like tied in like you are. Full gear, helmet and everything. It's like taking forever to get up the, the rock face. And there's this one dude out there, no shirt on, just some shorts, long hair, no rope or anything like that. And he's just doing laps. He gets up, walks down. Goes again and walks down. So like in the time it took us to go up once, he's already gone up like oh, two, yeah. two and a half times. <clears throat> it's like, it's fucking wild. Like if I he would falls, never. He's dead, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You can yeah. slip but, and you're dead. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, they're not small places mm-hmm. that we're climbing. But those people out there are just crazy. But are he's they? been probably been doing it his whole life. Right. So to him, that's not steep. Yeah, probably not. Because on flat
2: irons, there people were doing that too. Yeah. They were walking up past us. And mm-hmm. I was like, why, why would you put yourself in that position to where just one little slip and you're just dead just like that? But maybe to them, it's, it's it, they're so confident in their grip or something. I have no idea. It's like that, that, I was, if I can get any closer to that thing, <laughs> like if there was a hole, I would have put my dick in it just to be like a
0: little <laughs> bit closer to the just hole. Just a little bit yeah. Third point of contact. <laughs> yeah. A, yeah. yeah, exactly. Five points of contact. There you go. Yeah. How what, did uh, you get five?
2: What are, those, what, are those, what are the tools where you like anchor into the crack? Which on the chocks, the cams, the cams? I would use my dick as a cam. Yeah, like if just, I would have fucking helped. I was so yeah, scared.
0: You could you could use like a Prince Albert with a chalk. Oh yeah. yeah, just like throwing it in there. Yeah, you know, like, just give <laughs> oh, yeah. shake your arms out. Like that would have been great. I'd be so close to the wall. <laughs> you're like, oh, it's like I'm chafing- so uncomfortable now. <laughs> like chafing my
2: nipples. It's so cold.
0: I uh. I used to climb up there. I had a house up in Boulder for a, a long time. Oh wow, you? One yeah. Of those.
1: Well, house it sounds cool.
0: But my first job that I took was an ROTC instructor at CU. Mm-hmm. So I was going to work as a. I was like, oh, this is fucking cool. I'm going to yeah. take a job up there, and um, so I got a house, and then got a call. It's like, hey, do you want to come to work for you know the agency? And I was like. Yeah, I'd rather do that. But yeah, I already yeah, had a house yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> so I had this whole, you know, plan where I was like, I wasn't that was old at that time, right? I was like 27, 28 years old, mm-hmm. like freshly divorced. I was like, dude, I'm going to fucking like smash my way through the grad program. <laughs> you know, like, all these, <laughs> <laughs> these, like that was my plan. And then it was like, Bring, oh, it looks like I got a better job. So I had this. I and mean, was it wasn't in Boulder. It was in between Nederland and Boulder. It's it like 700 square foot little cabin up there at mm-hmm. three acres. Oh, that's badass though. Yeah. So, no cell coverage. Mm. Like, just wood-burning stove. And it's amazing. So, I would come home from like, you know, working in Iraq and go up there in and, and like three weeks or a month in my fucking little cabin. Just like... That would be amazing. Nice place. Read books and hang out.
2: And Everyone, one of those popped up. I think it was like 700 square feet. And mm. it's either golden... Or Boulder. And it was, it was a little cabin like that. And I called as soon as I saw it. And I was like, I was like, hey, we'll take it. I'll take it. I'll give you asking. And she just laughed at me.
0: She's like, ah, that's funny. <laughs>
2: She's like, that's cute. Yeah. She's like, there was 10 bids within 30 seconds, all well over asking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. oh you know, when, like in your head, you commit to something because you're like, I'll give you asking. So it's a done deal. Like, you're like, I want 10 bucks. You're like, I have 10 bucks. I'll buy it. You know? Mm -hmm. And you think, so in my head, I was excited. I was like, we're getting a (laughs) cabbage. I'm going to call her and get a cabbage. She just laughed. (laughs) She's like, do you not know about Boulder? Yeah. This is one of the most sought after places to live.
0: Well, and it's wild because it's like, I don't understand why. Mm -hmm. After being there and being there back and forth, like you'll get a ticket if you don't have your dog on a fucking leash. Like it's nuts. Yeah. And there are places up there that are really cool. Like up around uh outside of Boulder up in Netherland, like that place is fucking badass. Like great running trails, great hiking trails. Not a lot of people up there. But you get it in Boulder. Like that place is nuts. Like, mm-hmm. They they were they were rioting or they were having some protests because there was an elk that had been hit by a truck on the side of the road and it was it was dying and the cop got out and put it down. Yeah. It, that Did the a cool thing. Right. People in Boulder were protesting the cops shooting the elk that had been hit by a car mm. for putting it down Thanks. and you're like boy do you guys not you don't yeah. boy you you guys don't even have like a, a, a an understanding of ethics in any like, way can't shape you or fix form it? Like, like, <laughs> take yeah, take it to, take the, take the, it to the vet take a wild animal <laughs> with swords on its fucking head put it in the back of your cruiser yeah. and take it to the vet and patch seems it up. Logical. You know, it seems logical. Yeah. We yeah, were just totally talking yesterday,
1: a game we were playing Boulder, we'd call hippie or homeless. Yeah. Yeah. You can't tell. It's like <laughs> <Yeah>. they look <laughs> homeless, but they just got loads of trust funds money probably. Yeah. And yeah. they pay a lot of money to look homeless.
0: Yeah. I used to play that same game in Seattle. It used to be German or gay. You uh, know, <laughs> It was like just determining, you know, like, they be mm-hmm. like, speckens see deutsche. Yeah. They'd be like, what? I'm like, nah, never <laughs> mind no, man. Yeah, we're good. We're yeah, good. We're good. <laughs> I understand. It. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you could hippie or, hippie or homeless. That's a good game. I, we actually mm. should play that. We should, You guys should film an F&G video about just cruising around, like hippie or homeless. <laughs> and do, that in, do that in Colorado. You wouldn't really know. Yeah. We know, actually, no. Jared did a video with Derek Weida several years ago, and that it was German or gay. It was a super funny video. <laughs> you were uh, showing us some bangers yesterday. The show was... Woo! Man, <laughs> we
2: used to go hard to paint, boys. I know, yeah. man. Yeah. that show was hilarious. That's, that's I mean, hashtag goals. That's what we're... <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you can get that many people to laugh, that's awesome. That's a, that's a movement at that point.
0: Whether they laughed or not, I don't know. I think it's... Uh, probably subject to debate. but When I you guys, think.
2: I have a question as far as like creating content. When you guys were in the earlier phases, did you ever concern yourself with like, like what people thought as far as offending anybody?
0: No. We wanted to offend people. Now the problem is, is that we still want to offend people, mm-hmm. but now they'll de- de-platform you for being a little bit too aggressive, mm-hmm. right? They'll like... You'll get your YouTube channel, like, taken down in a heartbeat or you'll get your Instagram. And it's like, man, this is our business. Like, right. we have to communicate mm-hmm. with our customer. As much as we personally want to do something, it's still, we still have to play by the rules. It's kind of like, I would love to drive 100 miles an hour everywhere. I'd love to, but it's 55. That's supposed mm-hmm. to speed limit. Everybody can, can complain about the platforms and, like, you know, their... Um, you know, limiting speech and, uh, and there's a, there's a bunch of, you know, I would say fairly logical arguments for what they're, what, what they can and can't do on the platforms for limiting speech. Uh, But you also have to make like the determination, okay, is this where I'm going to make my, my final stand with this one video with this dick joke that's going to offend, you know, 200,000 people, or am I just going to be like, ah, eh, let's keep that one out. Maybe let's find something a little bit more. more, maybe less offensive. And you can't complain about it because you know the rules. You just have to go, okay, those are the rules. We just got to play the fucking game. And, you know, it's forums like this. You know, this will be on YouTube, but it's a long conversation over the course of like two hours. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I've said a dozen things that would offend people, but It's gonna be downloaded through Spotify and a few of these other things. And hopefully people are like, Oh, that's funny. And yeah, these guys are kind of knuckleheads, but they're kind of knuckleheads like me, right? So we're not offending a lot of people on these things.
2: We that's a that's Abel's job is to edit out some of the things that Andy
1: says and I say that tends to go. (laughs) Andy Abel's like, We're not including that. Andy's
0: (laughs) the the (laughs) what? Yeah, the butt fuck segment. Like I we we do stuff like that all the time. We're like, ah, we're just gonna chop that out. Yeah. Yeah. Or we shoot because I'll come up with something I'm like, I'll shoot it. Cause I wanna see it in video, mm-hmm. but yeah. then we'll do five different takes and then we'll take like the cleanest one yeah. because I'm like,
1: that one's way too hard, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like Andy's always like, Yeah, you can put that in. And it was like, We're not putting it in.
0: <laughs> we're not putting it yeah. in. He's like, Oh, that's yeah. your channel. I don't give a fuck. Throw it yeah. out there. Yeah. Send it. So F and G Academy, let's, uh, let's let's unpack unpack that give us the give us the elevator on G academy
2: yeah so our whole mission is to like we were talking about earlier is to get as many people interested in special operations as possible so i feel like that'll help them in two ways so one they'll either accomplish their goal and become special forces the more people we get to sign up the more selective cadre could be and we increase you know better the force that way but then you know people that aren't that don't get selected we're still in bettering their lives because we're convincing them to step outside their comfort zone and try something difficult. And we all know that the best way to grow is to try hard things. And we learn so much more through failure than we do success. Like, I'll never forget how much I learned through ranger selection because I got hurt and made a lot of stupid mistakes that led to getting hurt versus uh, SFAS because I did well from those ranger experiences. You know, and and I... so regardless if you get selected or not, if we can convince these people that first, we're not superhuman. You you could be a normal person. um, You have to believe in yourself and and we believe in you. And we're breaking down that barrier that like all SF guys are just like, just monsters and, you know, run a hundred miles and do all this crazy stuff. They're Tim Kennedy. Right. Every (laughs) SF guy is exactly like Tim Kennedy. Right. Everyone's Tim Kennedy. So you could, you have to be able to be a UFC fighter. Uh, At,
0: a really competitive UFC fighter.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And a black belt.
0: And a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah.
2: And, ha- and have a shooting count. You got to be able to shoot really You got to well. be able to <laughs> shoot. Yeah,
0: yeah. Same, same. Everybody, yeah. right? Everybody. Yeah. Everyone's mm-hmm.
2: Tim Kennedy. So, like, I wouldn't want to be locked in a room with Tim Kennedy for, I don't think I'd make it five seconds and been to combat. You might.
0: So, yeah. Because, I mean.
2: I, I could probably run for you five You could probably run seconds. for <laughs> five seconds. <laughs> to <laughs> be fair.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> think yeah. you could run for five seconds. I could yeah. juke
2: him for five yeah. seconds. Yeah. So, But here's, and then breaking it to the point where, so people that have already gone and then have failed, it's like, hey, you know, you're not a failure, right? Like start learning from those experiences, get better, and then take those failures and do something in the civilian sector that betters the United States of America. Because the way we better our country is by bettering the people that live in our country, you know, the citizens, the the better they get, the more intelligent, the more books they read, the stronger, the, you know, the more they exercise, we're all going to grow together. And so that is our goal. We're going to, you know, hopefully uh, convince you to try hard things and get more people into special operations. More people are going to fail and we're going to help them through that by letting them know they just got a huge dose of growth and now they can go apply that growth to something Mm -hmm. else.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And I think... I think if, you know, if there are military guys, and I know there are a lot of military guys that listen to this and they're thinking about going to selection, they need not think about it anymore. Like they just need to go. Mm -hmm. It's like they, they have to go out and try because the other thing is that they're, they're going to spend the rest of their lives wondering if they could have made it or not. At least if you go, you succeed or fail, you know. The worst thing you can do is think about it. And not go and mm-hmm. then spend the rest of your life wondering. And the other thing that I would say that people need to go is when they go, they need to fucking full heartedly commit, yep. which is like, they can't leave anything out there. Because that's the other thing that'll eat. And I've seen it eat guys alive. Like, oh man, I could have pushed a little bit harder. Or I could have done this. Or like, why, why didn't you? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about my wife or I was thinking about my kids. It's like, you can't think about any of that. You can't think about any of it. You just got to go. And then, guess what? There's a lot of guys that go to selection, get selected and don't go to the Q course. They're like,
2: oh, I'm going to stay. It's crazy to me. Yeah, it's crazy. So many that do that.
0: But there's a lot of guys because they're yeah. like, hey, I went, at least I know I could have gone to this selection. I'm like, at the end of the day, it's going to make regiment better if people go. Mm-hmm. Just go. And I think, I think a lot of people they have that stigma where like, "Oh, well, I didn't go. I didn't, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I was like, Oh, I don't care. Like, I wasn't looking negatively on anyone because they didn't go. I was definitely going to look negatively on myself if I didn't Mm -hmm. go. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, it's awesome. I think if you did whatever it is that you did, it's cool. Yeah. Like, you served. That's what you wanted to do. Did you leave anything out there? No. Well, cool. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Like, good for you. That's rad.
2: Yeah. I get so many messages from infantry guys. They're like, oh, it was just infantry. Like, why do you say that? Why do you say just infantry? Like, there's so yeah. many infantry guys out there that have way more combat than way a more. lot of SF guys. Like, we're in the, the real shit mm-hmm. and done some amazing heroic things. Like, why say just uh, uh, infantrymen? Like, you, that's a badass job and you should be super proud of yeah. that. Medics, you know, any, whatever you did, if, if you owned it, like you said, and you put everything out on the line, that's fucking awesome. And it took me a long time to realize that, like, because I signed up as a cook. Mm-hmm. So it's. I spent like the first part of my mili- like military career just being ashamed, not realizing that there was a subculture because I wanted the ranger contract, um, and they're like, "You can only get it if you go nine two golf, whatever." He lied to me, but
1: not realizing, <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know what i Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, not realizing that there was a subculture that if you were a cook, that somehow you're trying to avoid combat, and and me as a young man, that hurt my feelings because right. I'm like, I'm trying to get into that environment, so. It took me a long time to realize and it really started with uh, going on Clear Hot with Andy to unpack that and then coming up with wine and rations to where now we're exploiting the fact that I was a cook and having fun with it and being proud of the fact that, you know what, I'm not embarrassed of the fact that I was a cook anymore. I was willing to go fucking flip eggs just so I could say, you know, I was a, a ranger and, and that meant that much to me. That you could say, will you, will you flip eggs to get that title and to just be around high-speed people because we're not going to let you be an infantryman right now? Yes, I will, I will flip eggs and hang out with people and, and do whatever I have to do to get around the people I want to mm. be around. And then once I'm there, then I'll figure out my way to be an infantryman and, and be around the boys, you know, and shooting guns. But it took a long time for me to change that perspective about myself and just be proud of the things I've done. And there's so many people that just, especially military guys, they just, career shame. Like, oh, you were, you were SF for how long? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's it's always like like,
0: for how long? Oh, you, Uh, what?
2: did you go to ranger school? Like, oh, what did you do? How many deployments did you have? Where did mm -hmm. you go? It's like, why, why does this have to be uh, you versus me? You know, and the, you want the, the resume? Go to like, perfect SF guy, go Tim Kennedy. You want the, perfect resume, Mike Glover. Like, what else can you do more than than Mike did? But Well,
0: it's funny because those guys even suffer the same type of uh, criticisms at times by other SF guys. And um, it's wild, man. Like, it's like, uh, you know, because there's always something better, right? It's like, you know, the guys that go on to Delta, like they're, you know, they're, they're in a different category, right? So it's like, you know, Rangers, SF, Delta, and then the guys that go on to like, you know, more of a paramilitary CIA side or whatever it is. Like there's like, there's always like this, the other rung, right? Yeah, it's like the yeah, other yeah. rung, the other. And it's like, or you can just be fucking super proud of mm-hmm. what you've accomplished and whatever MOS you were. Leave nothing on the table. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, I left nothing on the field. Yeah. Like I did the best I could. I served my country. I love it. It's like being the top of your profession in your MOS, there is something to be said about that. And I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I worked with tons of guys in the infantry that they were a bit, you know, they're like, oh, I was just, I'm just an infantry guy. I'm like, dude, you guys are killing it, man. Like, yeah. holy shit. What you're doing is really fucking hard. And you're carrying a really heavy load for a bunch of other guys that are only going out at night. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's not discounting them because they've got a really fucking important mission. It's like, I, I do the same thing. I'm like, bro, come on. Don't don't say stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, or truck drivers. Like, there's guys that were here that were like truck drivers. I like, was oh, just a truck driver. It's like, bro, I wouldn't want to drive ID a truck. Her, I would yeah. not yeah. have wanted no, to drive you. a truck in Iraq in oh. 2005. Like, I was like cruising around in like low you know, Vans and corollas and mm-hmm. fucking crazy ass shit like hiding in plain sight or going out with, you know, 10 gun trucks and fucking guns everywhere. You know, you know what I mean? I was not driving in a truck with, you know, an M sixteen with iron sights <laughs> right. and a K-pot. Like, dude, that yeah. sucked. Yeah. It sucked for those guys.
2: My first deployment, getting in the back with the eighty-eight mics, like because yeah. I would ha- I would go with the sergeant major, and the sergeant major wants to go visit his guys all over Shh. Afghanistan. So how are we going to get there? Eighty-eight mics got a shipment; they got to trans- transport. So like, we'll hop in the back and go with us. And the whole time, you're just like, uh, uh, like, uh, <laughs> is it, it going to go up my spine? Yeah. Like, is it going to fuck my shit up from my asshole to my head? Like, what is this explosion going to be like? You already know that fucking three of them have been blown up in the past two weeks. So we're just the whole time he's just like, fuck, don't blow up. <laughs> fuck don't blow up. You hear any kind of popping or bang? you're like, ah, I yeah. Blow up my hole. Yeah,
0: like, it's like a fucking blow a tire and you're like, oh like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. just terrifying. Yeah, it's fucking no terrifying. No one wants to be an IED
2: finder. No. So yeah, I think if if everyone could just learn how to be proud of what they've they've done, then but that's that puts you in a different element too. It's like, and that's where I think that we try to. All of us, right? With content creation. Like, let's connect. Let's let's show you that you're you're better than you think you are. Because you guys are... People out there so fucking hard on
0: themselves. So hard. Like... And they listen to too much criticism versus just owning their shit. And being like, Ah, oh, you know what? This is what I like to do. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. This is what I like to do. And being proud. Like you said, just like, Hey, own it. Own me it. It's you, man. Yeah. Like, that's cool. I think that's one of the things that's taken me a long time you know, a long time to understand, like, just own it. Just be like, hey, that's who I am. This is what I like Mm -hmm. to do. Cool. And then when you're there, it takes a lot of growth, individual growth to get to that psychological point where you're like, oh, I'm I'm cool with just being this. You know, like, I'm totally cool. You know, when I got off the road, my entire identity was wrapped up into being like, you know, a CIA, CQB, fucking guy right my entire identity was like shoot fast fucking clear buildings like that was my that was my thing i was like oh i don't have that anymore Mm -hmm. so now you know i like the coffee is part of my professional identity i like this so i like it way better actually it's way more fun
2: it's crazy like you and talking to your guys because you got a big community still of of current and recently out uh Operatives. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and so, like, being around them, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, man, he, they're like, it's, they're very, very serious about what they do. And it's like, we're talking about shooting immediately and we're talking about optics and like their head is in the game. Oh, yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy to, to like see them still, the people are out there still fucking knee deep in that. And you're surrounded by it. It's surrounded not like, by it. It's not like you, you go to work every day and it's just people making coffee that have nothing to do. It's like there's four, the current operators. In this building. <laughs> in my
0: lab <laughs>
3: yesterday. Yeah, yeah, we were in my lab. And I was
0: like, ah, that guy's a gardener. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like, uh, able blur his face. Yeah, blur his yeah, face, put a box on it. And <laughs> they're everywhere. Like every day, like there's always guys from all the TF color spectrum. Like these guys from the Bureau or DEA or, you know, Delta or wherever and they're always cruising around and they're in the coffee lab, like making coffee with us and hanging out and we're talking guns or whatever. It's like, that's just for me, that's fun. Yeah. Like it's, it still maintains. Like I get to maintain kind of a little bit. Like I, I I'm not close to being in the culture. I'm just like, I, I get to like keep up with my buddies and see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's fun to hear their stories. And it really is like, Oh, you know, they're doing this or they're doing that. And, you know, they never relinquish anything classified, but it's kind of cool just to know like, oh man, yeah. still fucking getting it on. You haven't, yeah. you haven't hung up the spurs. Like it's yeah. fucking, it's legit. Yeah. You're still getting it on. Yeah.
1: Well, that's kind of how this is for me. Like the whole, like the F&G crew and like going around and just hanging out. And I was telling them last time, it's almost like being on a team again. Yeah. Um. And so for the same thing for me, like when I got out, kind of you lose that identity and you're kind of just like floundering for a little bit. Like, well, this used to make me special, but now I'm just, a normal guy like everybody else. And then, you know, it took a long time for me to kind of get past that and be proud of, you know, where I'm at and what I did. But then now hanging out with these guys all the time, it's just, it's just being close to it, but just not fully in it anymore. It's it's cool. And I love that vibe and the camaraderie and the brotherhood. That's the best of both worlds. Yeah, I mean, You sure. get to see it from afar,
0: stick your toe in it when mm-hmm. you want it, then like come back out and be a civilian and be like, oh, well, I guess pot's legal here. Might as well.
2: Yeah. You, you know, know, partake a little partake. bit. Partake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey,
0: get all the benefits that you <laughs> Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and it's crazy. Like, because Tom, he, you know, our other teammate, he's still in. He's still in. And he's miserable, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, mi- he's, like, he's, he's doing that, you know, the the whole brag, like, your, your time. And then after that, like, he's probably going to go back and it's, it's team sergeant time at mm-hmm. that point. Right. And it's like, dude, like maybe you're going to, uh, yeah, like, you're not looking at a whole lot of fun for the next five years. It's going to sure. be a lot of, like, politicking, and 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 once he determined that the FNG Academy is his future, and, like, he's not going to fight to become a sergeant major, mm-hmm. all all of a sudden it's like, what are you, what are you doing then? No one's going to mm-hmm. give you, you know, you're supposed to be an E8 trying to fight to become a sergeant major. Right. And, and getting team sergeant and doing all that stuff, but, He's like he's like I'm just not I just wish I was out there with you guys traveling around hanging with Black Rifle hanging with Andy like making content having fun and I'm like your spot will never go away and we're here waiting for you you know it's like as soon as you can make that leap we can't wait for you to be full time yeah you know and and but it's 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 crazy for us to see that like guys that stuck it out in the military and maybe shouldn't have mm-hmm. because there's other opportunities out there that they
0: just didn't know existed. Well, they're 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 cooked, right? They're yes. they're, they're yeah, baked, absolutely. they're done. They've been done for like several years. Yeah. And then they're just like making everybody's life fucking miserable. Yeah. And everybody knows that guy, right, or those guys. It's like, oh, you're just a dick. Yeah. Like you, you should have left ten years ago, but you fucking didn't. And now you just like your job is to loiter and cause as much fucking discontent as possible. And it's like man, you suck, right? And it's like, I think that's what makes a lot of the other units more appealing because guys are like, well, I'm going to go on where other people are like really happy and moving the needle. And I think that's what, you know, when guys go to multiple selections and continue Mm -hmm. to move up the rung, so to speak, they're like, oh, there's a bunch of people that are like unsatisfied and they left a bunch of shit on the table and they should go on to another selection or do another Mm -hmm. thing. But it's like, I always hear guys do like it doesn't matter what. So now, you know, now I'm I'm co- totally out. I've been out forever. But everybody has a problem with the unit they're in. Mm. Like everybody. Like no person is like this is the fucking greatest place yeah. no, ever. True. We got, ever. got no problems. <laughs> like this place forever. is awesome. Yeah. The only place I've heard like that is like it's it's gag. Like I've heard that multiple times from multiple people who are like they fucking love it here. I never, mm. never want to leave. It's fucking awesome. It's like the greatest place ever. Yeah, yeah well, my Delta's
2: is over there. now. <clears throat> nothing negative. Yeah. has ever come like. And you want to hear something negative, right? You, you want to hear it. it. Yeah. You kind of want to, you yeah. you, yeah. like, but come you're on, like,
0: man, there's got to be some downsides. Like, what's the like, downside? No, man, I can go to the cage, like yeah. sign out thousand rounds of ammo, mm. go do a bunch of demo yeah. and hang out. Like, oh my god, really? That sounds awesome. <laughs> it does sound awesome. I want to go back. It's awesome. Yeah, it's like, damn it. Well, shit, fellas. Uh, thank you. I really appreciate you guys coming out. It was awesome. Yeah, man. Thanks awesome for a couple days. Uh, where can they find you guys?
2: Yeah, so the, the FNGacademy.com is our store. Mm-hmm. Um, so we sell, you know, selection stuff to help them get ready. Compasses, map cases, um, obviously merch on there. And then the FNG Academy YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And uh, FNG underscore Kurt for Instagram. And then Sean Buck Rogers on Instagram.
0: Fucking awesome. Dudes, it's been great. Thanks, man. Thanks, Thanks man. Thanks for having Thanks, us. brother. That concludes today's training. Any questions? Woo!
3: Jump titties, boy!